Hello, Feel Good Friday, February 5th, 2021. Obviously, Super Bowl's on Sunday, trying to propel you into a beautiful weekend that has our countdown to kickoff celebration super show. I'm excited for that. That's going to be a good one. That's uh, at 4 o'clock at YouTube.com forward slash The Pat McAfee Show. We have a few massive guests joining us. Yeah, huge. I bet $30,000 on Tails. We'll watch that live, and then we'll cut the stream off and enjoy the hell of the Super Bowl. It's a celebration that we made this far as football fans. We're very thankful you've potentially allowed us to be alongside you this football season. Let's keep it going. Today's show is a good one. Let's get right into it. Now, today's show... Normally right now, I would dive into a bunch of headlines and situations that could be popping off around the internet or the sports world. To be honest, there isn't really much popping off. I mean, aside from the Carson Wentz is going to the Colts stuff. (laughs) That has peeked its head back into the internet, you know? That disappeared for a little bit. When Matthew Stafford was potentially a Colt, the Carson Wentz to Indianapolis conversation kind of died off a bit because everybody was like, oh, oh, maybe maybe it wasn't just Carson Wentz or nothing like a lot of people were saying because Carson Wentz would be able to get back into Indianapolis with Frank Reich, the coach, who had him playing his best football before he got injured and became a broken man in Philadelphia playing bad football. Now the conversation has come back because what are the Colts going to do at quarterback? Is Carson Wentz going to be the Colts quarterback next year? Well, Mike Garofalo, I believe. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mike Garofalo. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's reporting that the Eagles and Colts have discussed a Carson Wentz trade. Oh, oh no. Uh-oh. I would like to say that I have said in the past that I'd like to say that I was against this whole thing. <laughs> and I would like to, because if this does happen, all right, there's going to be a lot that's going to come out, all right, of me talking about how I would feel about said situation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. Okay, and I'm a rather large uh, um, mouthpiece here in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Okay, him coming to Indianapolis would be there'd be I would assume some people would like to show that 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 had happened, you know, mm-hmm. on the internet and sure. such. Sure, I would like to be known. That was a much different set of circumstances mm-hmm. then. Yeah. Okay, yeah. at that point, this is like Pawn Stars. All right, in Pawn Stars, you come in with something, guy who's the star of the show, fucks you over. You take the money, you leave. Okay, he sells it for a lot more money, gets on television, actually flexes on how dumb you are, and then the show goes on and moves forward, right? That's the whole show. But every once in a while in negotiations, they'll bring in an expert, you know, and the, his expert from down the street will come in, and this guy happens to know everything about a goddamn Civil War gun that uh, there's only been one of them, and the person that created it has had it for its entirety, and nobody knew it existed, but this guy's a fucking expert on it somehow. Nobody knows how that works. But then afterwards, the negotiation, they say, hey, we live in a much different time now than we did just two minutes ago. That's right. I'd like to say that same type of thing in this particular situation. Whenever I was burying the broken Carson Wentz move to Indianapolis, that's because I knew Matthew Stafford was out there. Okay, I knew Matthew Stafford Mm -hmm. was going to be out there. And at that time, there was other people, not us, saying that maybe, maybe... You send Carson Wentz to New England. No, no, no. I'm saying (laughs) maybe Aaron Rodgers was available. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there was people saying that at the time. So when when everybody was just like, hey, put Frank and Carson back together, I'm like, "Ah, 
Frank, pretty good coach, okay? I think we've been able to see. Let's maybe put Frank with uh, Matthew Stafford, mm-hmm. see how that whole thing oh. works. Let's put Frank with, and we never said this, but other people were saying this, but if you're going to say this, let's have the conversation. If you're the same people saying Carson has to come to Indy, why don't we put Frank with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're not saying that, but you're saying that. Now you're not saying that that's possible, so that's what I'm talking about. That We live in a much different world now. Aaron, the backers seem to be in a very good spot. What's his name? Said he's not an idiot. The same guy that drafted the uh, the quarterback. Yeah, Mark and, Mark Murphy and and Gutekunst, both of them. They they want him in town. And they say, hey, we're not idiots, okay? We want the MVP to be our our guy. But at the time, they were saying that was so. This entire situation is very interesting for uh, for me, because what are the Colts going to do at quarterback? Are they going to draft Mac Jones? Ooh, that's what Mitt's pushing hard yeah, for. He's a champion. Nobody even knows if that would even be feasible with how the draft's going to turn out. It feels like there's a lot of people that need quarterbacks. Well, Mac Jones lasts until that late into the first. I don't know. I'm not Todd McShay or Mel Kuyper. I could not guess. But it is an interesting thing now that Carson allegedly doesn't want to be in Philadelphia anymore. There's reports coming out that he it, it, it's irreconcilable. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Is that a word? I mean, close enough. Irreconcilable. Yeah irreconcilable anyways their relationship stinks that that (laughs) allegedly Carson Wentz and the Eagles Mm -hmm. if he wants out with that contract and he comes to the Colts you know is it was that the person that I wanted first no but obviously it also I wasn't the only one that was feeling that way Mm -hmm. but now we're in a world where is Carson Wentz the best option Fucking feels like that's potentially going to happen, and I don't know how I'm going to feel about it because if he plays great football, everything I said bad about Wentz is going to get shoved in my face whenever I thought Matthew Stafford was potentially available and Aaron Rodgers. And then if he plays bad football, they're going to, they're going to show that I'm going to be the bad guy that's just burying cars. So it's a, it's a no-win at this gate, but it feels like it's probably going to happen. It's inevitable. And aside from that, that's the only thing that's really talking about in the whole sports world. Yep. Today, we'll talk about the Super Bowl this weekend. We'll talk about betting. I will place the $30,000 bet on Tails. Hell yeah! On the the bet on the show today. I will officially place it. Here we go. Going all in. AJ likes heads, by the way, so there probably will be pretty good conversation on Sunday on our countdown to kickoff celebration super show. Yeah! Nailed it. Get it? Yes. Countdown to the kickoff celebration super show presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, the greatest FanDuel, uh, the greatest sportsbook on planet Earth and the move. We'll be live on YouTube from 4 p.m. until the end of the coin toss, which, by the way, we just found out massive, massive things on the line there. Obviously, we win. I win that bet. We give money away. Okay. Probably to the people in the comments, probably mm-hmm. to the boys here in the room. We lose that money. Devastating streams over. Everybody can go. Hell. <laughs> See ya. See you later. See ya. So we're all pulling for tails unless you're AJ Hawk. Big guest, by the way. Okay? We got them time slotted in. They will be surprises. 410, big one. Mm-hmm. Huge. Huge. 520. Ooh. Oh, boy. Big one. You're not ready. 605. <laughs> big one. Yeah. Oh. Big one. And then we got to figure out the time for the last one. But this show, I believe, will be a good time for a lot of us to be had. And the conversations that will be taking place will be incredible. AJ Hawk will be joining us. We'll be giving away things. Numerous oculi will be given away. Some money will be given away. Other prizes will be given away. Chairs will be given away. Gaming chairs will be given (laughs) away. Gaming chairs. We'll just give them away. Give them away. You have to pay for the shipping of the heavy-ass, big-ass box (laughs) that has just been showing up in our office. Shout-out to all the gaming chair companies. We appreciate you. You could probably keep, I don't know, like, 
90% of your order, though, we are getting 12 chairs at a time yeah. sent to this office that we have not ordered, okay? No. These are yeah. side deals that Zito and Bailey no, have been working no, no, no. to try to get into the gaming community. No, no. They heard you're a big gamer now, and they want to get in there. But my game actually doesn't involve sitting down. Stand up. I'm an yeah. Oculus guy. No, when you're in the corner for boxing, they want you to make oh, sure you sit down. That's, that's very nice. And these chairs are very, very, very nice, okay? Very nice. Yeah, they're comfy. But also, they're like Ikea. I mean, it takes yeah, oh, seven hours yeah. to put them together. Oh, yeah. And then every once in a while, you don't know if that back's going to pop off because mm -hmm. you're not a fucking contractor like Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> they're not built for speed, but they're built for comfort. Bingo. I think so. Bingo. No. <laughs> Anyways, we'll give away those. Money. Oculus. I mean, it's going to be a great Sunday. We can't wait for you. We'll go live on Sirius at 4.30. On YouTube, we're live at 4 o'clock. We can't wait for it. Today, we have... 700 guests. Oh, yeah. We have 700 actual guests. Today. Packed house. It is massive. We got Derek Henry. You've seen him everywhere this morning. He's been uh, doing the rounds with Old Spice. I assume we're his last interview. We would have to mm -hmm. be at this point. We've seen him. I have no idea how that's going to go. Ten minutes after him, we have Carson Palmer. Ooh. Ooh. He was on last year's Super Bowl yeah. Radio Row. I believe he does his work with Caden Wood, which I do forget what it is. But we will sell the hell out of that. Uh, and then Sean McDermott, head yeah. coach of the Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia, Woo. coming through uh, an hour after Carson Palmer, about 125 Eastern. Then Mike Allstock. Oh. Oh, yes. Wow. We'll be joining. He's in Bucks Ring of Honor, yeah. by the way. How we feel to have a team back there. Mm -hmm. uh, Super Bowl champ with them. And then Ryan Clark will cap off the day. Uh, ESPN analyst, Super Bowl champ, pro bowler, alongside A.J. Hawk. So Boy, go ahead and buckle it in. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Strap it up. We're in for one today. A lot of quick conversations. How are they going to go? Probably some technical glitches, some bullshit sales pitches from, our, <laughs> from things that do we use? Maybe. Probably not. Maybe. Do they use? Definitely. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And we'll just try to ha enjoy the hell out of this Feel Good Friday right before the Super Bowl. Uh, at Tone Diggs, COVID Cowboy, how are we feeling about some bets this weekend? What are you doing? I feel really, really good about the bets. Um, some of my favorite ones are first quarter and first half unders. Um, as we've seen with the Chiefs' last two runs, they have gotten out to slow starts in the first quarters and had to come back. So I'd like to take the under there. And also, Tom Brady has only scored three points total in all nine of his Super Bowls in the first quarter. So I'm liking first quarter, first half, unders, more scoring in the second half. Okay, so Tone is an unders better, by the way. Oh, yeah. This is right in his wheelhouse. The stats do back it up. But you will be praying for punts, which is what I'm all about. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Look for the punts over, potentially, Ooh. in the first half if you get a chance. That is something you should think about. Second half, probably not so yeah. much. Everybody will be very aggressive. Uh, I I'm excited to see how these teams – you know, play chess against each other here. Who's going to do what? Mm -hmm. Who, uh, we're, uh, Bart Scott and Dan Orlovsky got into a very heated conversation on uh, Get Up this morning yeah. that caused uh, Greeny to actually put his feet up on his desk and, and kind of fade into nothing or whatever. They were talking about who's going to cover the tight ends, basically, mm -hmm. right? Who's going to cover Travis Kelsey? Bart Scott said put a linebacker on him or whatever. And Dan Orlovsky was like, well, then Travis Kelsey will have four touchdowns and probably win the MVP if that's the case. And I agree. Travis Kelsey is uncoverable. Who do you put him? A corner can keep up with him, but he's big body on them. Linebacker can't keep up with him. Safety Sorensen is probably going to have his, but you have at least have somebody else on there because Travis Kelsey speed or whatever but on the flip side or i'm sorry Sorensen would be covering gronk then on the flip side the flip side can't cover gronk either 
So this could be big-time tight end game. You know what I mean? I think everything comes around that offensive line. Who can protect? Who can give time? Mm-hmm. And if they, the tight ends get rolling, which we know Kelsey will, his over-under is at 98.5 yards. Yes. But I think Gronk potentially does as well. That is a game. That is the, the matchup. Tyree kills. is going to do what he does. But which tight end gets going? Two of the greatest of all time. Like, probably when it's all said and done, top four all time. Yeah. Both of these For guys. Sure. And I'm only saying that because I do not want to get into the argument of Gonzalez and obviously Kittle mm-hmm. will be in that conversation. Tony and Gates. Ki- and, exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, so top. Exactly. He's going to be. So many. They're going to be in that Mount Rushmore's of tight ends. It's it's something that's completely evolved. I'm excited to watch it. At Boston Connor, your team is not in the Super Bowl. No. You're pulling for Tom, though, because you feel like he's a part of your childhood? Uh, yeah, I, I might as well pull for Tom. Like I said, you get to see greatness. Seven Super Bowls. You know, Also have a future bet on the Bucks to win it all. But as you just mentioned with Sorensen, Honey Badger has pretty good value at MVP. He's covering Gronk. He gets a pick six. He might uh, sneak Ooh. in there, actually. The thought of – but the issue is there is uh, Honey Badger is a, a rover. I'm just going to rove, Cash. Yeah. Okay, I'm 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 a roam around. If he just is on locked up on Gronk, that takes him away from a lot of other things that he potentially does. I don't think they'll be able to do that, right? I think it'll be probably Sorensen and somebody else because you got to let Tyron do his thing because yeah. he's all over the place. But that's not a bad game. Just like hey, Jason Pierre-Paul. Plus yep. 10,000. Shaq Barrett plus 5,000. Mm-hmm. If you can get to a quarterback in a quarterback game, now you're going to have to really get to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, to at the, they just paid Patrick Mahomes half a billion dollars. If they win, they're going to want him to have a couple of Super Bowl MVPs. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, it's going to be, even if Travis Kelsey dominates, which, by the way, we hope he does. We, I assume Patrick Mahomes is going to get a couple of Super Bowl MVPs. Not saying that it's right, wrong, or indifferent, because without Patrick Mahomes, none of that works. But that's quarterback-driven league, especially whenever you give him a half a billion dollars. But is Tom Brady guaranteed to win it if, ah. if the Bucks win? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's also the thought in this entire thing. Because let's say Jason Pierre-Paul. He does get five, six sacks or something. Strip sack, maybe. Yeah, there you go. You know, does that whole thing. Bucks win. Who gets, at this point, do you think B.A. potentially goes, Tom, you've been, I mean, this guy's never going to get a Super Bowl MVP ever again. <laughs> ever. And he gives it to him, or do you think it's like, no, got to go to Tom Brady because it's he's the guy of all time? Yeah. That's like the interesting thing. Is it even worth betting on anybody else whenever you start thinking about that? I put a little bit of money on the plus 10,000 for sure on Pierre Paul, but it is interesting to see how that entire thing will get handled. Speaking of MVP, the MVP gets named this weekend. Uh, Ty, are you bracing yourself for, you know, Aaron to potentially win the MVP this year? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't think I've ever really watched the NFL honors thing before. Like you see the clips on Twitter and stuff like that, but I'm actually excited to watch the whole show. And yeah, hopefully uh, Rogers has a dynamite MVP speech. Um, I'm, I'm hoping so as well. Uh, we are supposed to be joined by somebody who's potentially another MVP this week and potential winner oh, over yeah. 2,000 yards. Mm-hmm. is unbelievable as a running back. Derek Henry is supposed to be joining us here Whoa. about two minutes ago, but now he's not here. Oh, uh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh, Zito's oh, giving a hand. Give him a hand. Zito's giving a hand. He's in. He's on. Good. Go oh, check the text message in the FaceTime machine. Oh, oh here we go. Here we go. Henry now we got. The crown. We got. Uh, it was a mix up in the Zoom links. Oh. Okay. See, I thought he would have been in the same one. All day? I, I believe he, we he, sent him one, in? but then they sent us one. So it was the old-fashioned 
Where are we looking? Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> that is an old-fashioned one. Yeah, we were in the one we sent him. Yes, exactly. I believe uh, so. Okay. I could be wrong. No, you though. come to my. Well, well. By the way, he's. I would assume that's the more, much more convenient one because yeah, he's yeah. probably been in one for <laughs> the that, literally the last four or five hours. Yeah. It's the stamina on the sit-down conversation. Yeah. He has this big-ass uh, throne he's oh, sitting yeah. on. Oh, I mean a big throne. Great mm-hmm. set. Great setup. Old Spice little backdrop over mm-hmm. here. Still not. Oh, really? It's a big zoom link. Foxy, <laughs> it's just, Foxy just put a big thumb down right there. Instead of uh, Derrick Henry, potential MVP this weekend, mm-hmm. Michael in Houston. What's going on? Okay. <laughs> potential <laughs> offensive rookie of the year. What are you doing? Zoom call. He's in a wrong Zoom call. <laughs> Michael, what's going on? Hey guys, can y'all hear me? Yeah, now we can, man. We we heard a lot of things there beforehand. We were just kind of listening in the backdrop there. But what do you want to talk about, Michael? Um, I want to talk about uh, the Eagles hiring Brian Johnson as the quarterbacks coach, and it's been reported in Philadelphia, but I haven't seen it anywhere else. Brian Johnson and Jalen have actually known each other their whole lives pretty much yeah that is crazy michael I, and i saw that on the internet by the way the the coach they brought in has known jalen since he was a child i guess nice. so they I, I believe they were thinking that the uh writing was on the wall for carson wentz to potentially get moved maybe to the indianapolis colts mm. whoa mm. feels yeah. like a lock and if he comes to indianapolis colts you know he's coming into the afc south you know in the afc south currently has a running back inside of it that rushed for more than 2,000 yards. A man that is in the conversation for the MVP, which is unbelievable in the year 2021, where the quarterbacks are the only conversation. From the Tennessee Titans, ladies and gentlemen, all-pro Derrick Henry. What's up? Hey, you've done, I think, four hours of media today. You are crushing it. I hope you're having a great morning, boss. We've been watching you all over the place. Oh, yeah, I've been doing a lot, but yeah, it's been fun. How is it? It's just, has it been, at what point did you say, okay, you know what? We're doing the same conversation over (laughs) and over again. Did that ever happen, or are you enjoying the hell out of this entire process? No, it's cool. Just talking football, talking ball, talking Old Spice. Everything is good. Hey, Old Spice, by the way, absolutely incredible. They have a cologne-like scent Mm. in their new, wait, what's the new line? The new Old Spice Dynasty. Oh! Dynasty. Dynasty. I can't wait to try it out. We appreciate you joining us. Hey, Derek, we had a conversation with Eddie George. And Eddie George, obviously, this story kind of got popular a couple years ago. He said, you guys had a conversation or something like that. I'm not exactly sure how the conversation went. I don't think that ever got out. But seemed like since that moment you became a completely different running back right when you're in the nfl there was spurts on prime time you'd have like four touchdowns and then all of a sudden something would happen we have no idea it wouldn't be on tv we wouldn't see it and then you would dominate again and then it just became the regular you just started dominating everybody and obviously the titans got better and better as you continue to do so what was that conversation when did it click for you that okay i can do exactly what i did uh in probably junior high high school college and i can do it in the nfl this is the same damn thing yeah basically he was just uh being real with me telling me uh be who i am be the person the player that that got me here and you know uh run physical finish runs let the game come to you and everything else will fall in place or if not you can be out of job and that was just clear cut being straight up with me 
So whenever you started doing that, by the way, you just started. I mean, it was incredible to watch. You're six foot four, two hundred. What? What? Six five? What are you? What are you? Uh, six three, like two forty five. You were pulling away from motherfuckers this year. Hey, it was you were breaking through the second level and pulling away from people that are supposed to be the fastest humans on earth. It's unbelievable. Have you always been like that? I assume that that's just how life has always been. Did you hit a growth spurt at any point? When did you just become the most dominant human on the field at all times? Uh, well, I'm from Florida, so this this the speed was going to be there regardless. But um, I've I've always been tall. Uh, always been kind of uh kind of lean and then as i got older you know start putting on muscle and all all that good stuff but as far as play you know, i've always loved a running back position always wanted to play it i played a little defense in high school but running back was for sure the position i wanted to play in wanted to dominate wanted to be really good at 2,000 yards is a lot of yards. All right, that's obviously uh, a long way. I'd get tired walking it. Um, is there goals every season? Like, when you, there's, and is 2,000 yards even something you even think about whenever you go into a year? Um, I mean, I mean, every running back wants to have a historic season and, and do great things. But I think as long as you, you know, put your, your team first and focus on the things you need to do to help your team to be successful, then the individual stuff, will fall in place. I don't think I get 2,000 yards. Man, that sounded so surreal to me. But when it happened, it was just, you know, so special and a special moment for me and my teammates. And, uh, you know, I don't really try to try to have goals for the season, uh, uh, place goals, you know, think things that I want to do for the season, but just want to be better than the year before. That's one thing I always focus on. And, try to work hard through the offseason with my workouts and all those type of things, just so I'm ready to go when training can That's awesome. It's been working. Uh, I know we don't have much time with you here. Last question. Aside from Bob Spokane from the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> on that goal line tackle where you guys went, uh, I believe helmet to helmet pretty clearly there. Is there is there any collisions from this last season you remember at all? Because, I mean, everybody, whenever they have to play the Titans, they know, okay, here we go. I have to run my face into Derrick Henry today at some point. Is there any is there any big collisions you recall from the year? Oh, yeah, that was a big collision. Um, it's been – it's been some – so many to like, – I mean, it's – you know, the game goes so fast and you hit so much, especially when a running back that – I don't really. It's, it's a lot I can say, but you know what you said that was a that was a big collision. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Hey, it was awesome to watch. I mean, had to be absolutely terrible. I mean, it's your job, obviously, to do so, but couldn't imagine being a part of that car crash. But watching it from outside, awesome. I, I mean, it is, and that happens a lot with you. I don't know how you continue to do it. I don't know how you continue to outrun people at your size. It's awesome to watch. Shout out Old Spice. Shout out you. Good luck. With the MVP and uh, going into the off season, sir. Oh, thank you, man. Appreciate it. You have a, a great show you got going on. Thank y'all for having me. It's average, you know, Derek. <laughs> it's like we got a little bit, you know. It, it is, you know. What I mean, it's just it's not great. It's not bad. We kind of do our thing. You know what I mean? Got to stay humble. Humble. Hey, that's why you're in a goddamn throne, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, King Henry. Yeah. Hell yeah! Thank you, King. This man. Became the head coach of a team, made the playoffs, said, hey, we appreciate what you did to the QB, but we're going to build this thing. They get Josh Allen, 
patience, patience, culture builds. This year, they go on a beautiful run. Their quarterback took a massive leap from year one to year two, then again in year two to year three. The head coach of the Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia leader, ladies and gentlemen, Sean McDermott. Yeah! How are you, boss? I'm great, Pat. How are you doing, man? Hey, a couple quick things I want to ask about to lead off because I just got text messaged a piece of information. I believe you and I share a massive fanhood for somebody, and that's Tyler Big Ball Bass. That guy slaughters <laughs> footballs over there for you guys. How did you find this dude in early when he was not maybe having as much success, right? Young kickers that can kind of have happen to find it, but then he became a weapon for you guys. And were you as surprised as I am about that small of a guy kicking a ball, maybe the hardest I've ever seen a ball kicked every single time? Yeah, he he really did a great job in his first season. And what I love about him is he wears, he's got the one, you know, piece of eye black underneath the eye. He's got a little bit of swagger. He gives the flex after, after he has a big kick. And, you know, really he did that in, in college. That was, I was watching tape and, and Heath Farwell, a special teams coordinator, uh, said, hey, this is the guy. And I'm watching him. I'm going, hey, you know what? And, I'm, and then I saw the flex and I'm like, hey, rewind that because everybody wants a kicker, right? That's more than just a kicker. He's a football player. And I think that's what really endears him to his teammates. Uh, it was awesome. Is that the type of culture that you have built up there? Because it's been impressive to watch that you make the playoffs, Tyrod Taylor. Then you say, hey, Tyrod, have a good one. You kind of build the culture from in there. And I think a lot of people from outside looking in, myself included, we complimented the patience of the Bills organization for being like, hey, they're going to try to build this thing. Like a lot of patience. And the culture that you've built seems to be very, very strong. What is it about your locker room that you like? What is it about the team that you like? And uh, how was it getting to this point through some of those days that maybe weren't as great early in the building process? Yeah, well, you know, as far as Tyrod's concerned, he did a great job for us. And I don't know that we said, hey, you know, but. Oh, hey, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You get it, though. A lot, you get it. A lot of respect for Tyrod. Um, and, and it's really made up by people, right? So that we've got great players that are good people. And, and the locker room is, is solid here in Buffalo. Uh, good veteran leaders. And, and so that's that's really what we're all about. And it's just trying to get the right people in the door and, and, uh, and let it ride from there. Josh. Josh's jump has been almost amazing to watch, to be honest with you. From year one to year two, he got so much better. But he's like, okay, you guys make the playoffs. This guy's going to be a guy. And then this past offseason, I, I guess when we talked to him, he said he got uh, lasers attached to his body, mm -hmm. and he did some lasering stuff, and he, he lined up his arm with his hips like it was a go, and he looked Unbelievable. Obviously, Stephon Diggs coming in alongside Cole Beasley and the other weapons helps a lot. But what do you think it was that made him make this incredible jump? And what are you looking forward to as Josh just continues to grow in this whole thing? Yeah, he's done a great job. I mean, those that laser treatment, I think I need it for, for my hair. <laughs> bring, that, bring that with him next time he comes out east here. Um, but no, he's done a phenomenal job. Can't, couldn't be more prouder of, 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 of the work that he's put in and, and the progress he's made and and, uh, you know, our offensive staff, Coach Dable, does a great job with him. And, uh, I mean, look, I can't wait to see uh, how Josh comes back uh, in, in after the offseason here. So uh, he's incredibly driven. Uh, he continues to learn about this league and how this league works. And, and I think the – I think the AFC Championship game was a, was a front-row seat for all of us, uh, including Josh, to see 
hey, you know, what it really looks like and, and uh, you know, give credit where credit's due to the Kansas City Chiefs and we wish them all the best. Uh, but we're going to go back to work and I know Josh is going to lead us uh, in the years to come here. How this year with the COVID protocols, by the way, congrats. Congrats on yeah. making it through a season. By the way, that had to be awesome to try to tackle every single day as a head coach of a team. But how did you have to get creative? How, how I would assume it's going to be difficult whenever guys are all in their homes and just watching into a Zoom call every single day. How did you did you did you just look at it? I would assume as like, hey, everybody has to do this. Obviously, you did that. But at what point did, did there get creativity? How did you keep the team together? Because nobody was really allowed to eat around each other or be around each other. What was the toughest thing you think this season? Yeah, Pat, I think it was really hard to connect with the team in meetings because you're not only are you spaced out, but you're behind a mask. So they really can't see your your emotions, your your facial expressions that go with the the, the communication piece. And I thought our staff, again, did a great job all the way back in in the offseason where we where we put in the quarantine uh, mode, if you will. And, and I thought we gained an advantage through uh, the way we handled that and then. And then having the right players, the stat, the uh, players that Brandon Bean has put in this locker room uh, goes a long way in terms of these guys got good intangibles. They've got good DNA and uh, and they handled it, it extremely well. What's your style? You, you, you seem like an entertaining guy. I, I feel like I would very much enjoy the way you operate on a day to day. You you uh, get along with the players of the team rather well, I'd assume. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I think they know they know who I am. They know what I'm all about. They know. Uh, that there's very clear expectations and, and the standard by which I expect things. And uh, I think when you can do that and lay that foundation and you surround that with good players and good people and a good staff, uh, it makes my job a whole lot easier. When you become a head coach, was there ever like a, uh, hey, I got to be this type of guy as a coach or, or anything like that? Because I got a chance, you know, Chuck became a head coach with us. And it was interesting, like, watching him have to go through a certain situations as a head coach, you know, because Chuck, I think, was beloved by his players, but then he felt like sometimes as a head coach, okay, I got to be able to do this whole thing as well. When you became a head coach in the NFL, did you did you change any way that you did anything? Did you have to? Did Like, was there anything no, think, in your life? Yeah, I think, yeah, you do. Obviously, the, the responsibilities are different, and uh, – you know, once in a while, you got to be the bad guy, and you have to be okay with that. Uh, as long as you're, as long as you have one goal in mind, and that's to make people better and and improve your football team to win games. Um, but I think that's a mistake a lot of people make is feeling like they have to be someone that they're not or change because they're a head coach. And yeah, there is some of that adjustment that has to go with the job. But at the end of the day, you got the job because of who you are, and you gotta you gotta be yourself. Hey, that big ass hat you wear. Oh. <laughs> Cover that bald ass head you got. <laughs> I mean, that thing. I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> Do they sell those? They should sell them. I thought about buying one immediately upon seeing the picture of you out there. I mean, it was it was awesome. Your team was so impressive this year. And then obviously you talked about it in the AFC championship game. You got a front row seat. What is it about that Chiefs team? And how is it? Because we talk about it every day. 
Okay, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, they have somehow, and I'm sure you guys have asked this question in privately, they have signed everybody on their team to a long-term deal somehow, it feels like. They've been able to keep everybody in the building. It makes no sense. But that's in the AFC, and I would assume you guys know, like, okay, we're going to probably have to run into them for a while. This is I was a part of the Colts team that Peyton and Tom are running into each other every single year. This year, the storyline in the AFC was one that, hey, this is probably going to be a matchup we're going to see for some time to come in this entire thing. What is it about the Chiefs, and uh, how do you think – were they the same team from years like last year, you think, this year? Well, you know, I think every team changes year to year, as you know, Pat, and and I think it all starts at the top with Andy Reid. Uh, they've got great leadership, a great coach, and Andy, I've worked for worked with Andy for, for 12 years in Philadelphia, and, uh, and having that continuity along with Brett Veach, their GM, it goes a long way. Uh, in terms of sustaining success, not just having it for, for one year or or, uh, or two. And so uh, they've been now to three AFC championship games and two Super Bowls in a row and very close to being three Super Bowls in a row. And I think that's really where it starts. And then and then signing and re-signing, uh, you know, key players is obviously a big part of it to, to keep your core together and, and then build around your core. Andy Reid and Veach seem to be on the same page. And I think that's a conversation in the NFL that doesn't happen enough. Like, hey, the coach and the GM need to see the team the same way. And it doesn't always happen. And normally, by the way, it gets exposed and it doesn't work. And it's just kind of the way it is. It seems like you and Mr. Bean have an incredible relationship, an incredible view on this whole thing. You guys have been really patient together. How is that? And when did that start? Just naturally? Or is that something that had to be decided upon? Well, that relationship's an important one and and every year you see that relationship fall apart at different teams and and for different reasons so i think you got to have the right people in those jobs and they have to be aligned philosophically on how they want to do it and uh and support each other and that's what i'm fortunate to have in brandon bean uh he does a phenomenal job of making my my life and my job easier and i hope i help out in a similar way with him and uh but that's again going back to the people quotient and and i think it just starts with people and uh but you got to hang together because there's going to be some tough times as you try and build it as you said and and uh, we've had some of those tough moments but you know our hope and desire is we're getting better every year coach do you guys hear you know back in the day the old cliche was hey don't read the press clippings okay don't do it don't do it just keep it out there it's impossible now it is absolutely impossible now for players at least for you how much of that stuff do you hear? I would assume you don't live completely under a football rock. I mean, you might, but there has to be some stuff that you hear from outside. Uh, does that ever trickle its way in? Does there ever even does that happen, or are you a guy who's just anything that's said outside here? I, I do not give a single damn about. Well, I don't go that far, but I, I think you do have to you do have to have an element of discipline in the, in this role in this job, and 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 the same with the GM job. So. Um, as I think it was Bill Polian once said, if you if you spend too much time reading what they're saying about you, you're going to end up sitting next to them. So, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I try and be respectful and and uh, but everything in moderation. Uh, I think that's the key. And and there does need to be a, an element of discipline to get yourself at least through the season because there's a it's a journey as you know, right? There's going to be every year whether you're in the Super Bowl or not. Uh, there's it's a journey, and you're going to have some highs, you're going to have some lows and challenges and it's really, to me, a test of how long a group of people can, can hang together, and that's that's a key piece of it. 
Yeah, it's hard. It's a hard, hard win games in the NFL. That is one of the oldest cliches of all time, but it's real. And you see a lot of teams that are very talented that lose. The team that you're building up there in Buffalo is awesome to watch. Seem to win a lot of games. I'm kind of bummed that Bills Mafia didn't get a chance to, you know, do anything awesome this year, especially with the squad. Next year, obviously, let's let's assume. Okay, let's assume that the smart people of our society figure it out and get us to, get us to be able to do the whole thing so we can all enjoy things again. But Bill's Mafia back in that stadium with the team you guys have, that has to be something you look forward to, especially with that airport arrival uh, group that was sitting out there. What a legendary fan base up there. Yeah, you look like you'd fit right in with the Bills mafia. <laughs> yeah. yeah, by the way, I think I would. Yeah, I you, may, you may need to take your shirt off or something. <laughs> yeah, right? not right now. It's been a long fall. <laughs> it, is, it has been a journey. It has been a journey. <laughs> no, they're. I mean, they're. They're. It's a fan base that's unmatched, really. I mean, I've been fortunate to be in a couple different spots before landing in Buffalo, and uh, just an un- incredible fan base. Very passionate. Love their team support the team in down years and it was 17 years before we got here uh, before they they were back in the playoffs again and and those mid midnight uh or mid early morning arrivals back at the airport when it's you know 10 degrees and it's snowing outside i don't know of another fan base that would greet their team the way the bills mafia greets us and also worldwide pandemic. Yeah. I mean, add that in there too, but it was, that was awesome. That was like one of those things you watch and you're like, that had to be such a cool moment. Just that whole arrival thing. Uh, last question. The boys have some questions for you. We appreciate you stopping by today, man. I very much appreciate this. Um, will you watch the Super Bowl? And how will it be something like, uh, will you be at a gathering? How would players, a lot of players uh, that I still talk to that are in the league, not watch. Do not care about the specific thing. We'll watch highlights. Maybe if it's if they're around, they'll watch it. But nobody. Do you watch? Especially with how close. I mean, here we go. We. I mean, the Bills. Bills Mafia can taste it. You know, at this point. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I look at it every year the same. I, I try and watch the game, uh, and learn a little bit. Watch. I love to watch the game unfold. It's as it's as big of a stage as there is in our in our business. And um, my wife knows that I really don't. Uh, look forward to going to Super Bowl parties because uh, <laughs> not me. Um, I don't like to be bothered during the Super Bowl because, again, I think it's an opportunity to watch uh, the game being played the right way at the highest level, and, and you can learn from that. Uh, we we can all learn from that. So, but yeah, I'm not a big Super Bowl gathering guy. Um, uh, so, but I pl- I do plan on watching it. Um, Decision making in those massive moments, you. Do you consider yourself more of an aggressive guy, analytics guy? Um, at what point do you have somebody in your ear from the sky that has an entire database of the exact yardage with the wind and everything like that <laughs> on what you should do? How about the, those decisions in those big moments? What all factors into those types of things? Yeah, those, that's a lot of a lot of a lot of information to process in a, in a short amount of time. I think any head coach would tell you that. Uh, I'm probably a little bit of a little bit of both. I mean, it's just. I do listen to analytics. Uh, at the end of the day, trust your gut. I think it's the way to go. Um, but you, we do put a lot of work into it uh, leading up to the game and then during the game as it as things uh, change uh, throughout the course of the game. But I got a great staff that helps me here. And and uh, overall, we've been known to be pretty aggressive. And and uh, that's how that's how I like to play it overall. And um, you know, no situations uh, the same, but. Uh, we always look to grow from every situation that we've had and, and build a good inventory going forward. So uh, that's a big part of the game, as you know. 
Those those analytics are crazy. I, I couldn't even fathom a new one popping into my ear. <laughs> hey, I want to let you know, in this particular situation, it is actually 7.4% chance higher that you're going to... I mean, I couldn't even... All right, should we go or not? <laughs> yeah. one, that one boy, I couldn't even fathom that. And that's why I'll never be a head coach, which is good. Uh, Tone Diggs, what do you got? Coach, uh, you obviously came up on the defensive side of the ball, and every single year that you've been a head coach, your defense has been ranked higher than your offense. Especially last year, you guys had one of the best in the league. But then this year, it seemed like the offense may have carried the team at some point during the season. How different was that for you? Yeah, that was, I mean, listen, I, I, want, I don't want to say it was intentional, but we went, we made it a point uh, this offseason prior to this year to to go out and say we got to score more points. And, and, we, and in order to do that, you've got to have weapons to do that. And, and Brandon went out and got Stefan Diggs, as we all know, uh, and that his impact was obviously significant in year one. And and so it's hard to have a balanced roster in all three phases. And, you know, we're a group that also believes in playing well on special teams. And I think we, mm. we showed that with the players we added there and, and the results uh, speak for themselves there. So, you know, listen, this is, this is a game where you got to score points. And I believe in, in, uh, in the coach and our coaches as a staff, but also on the defensive side that uh, we'll develop and continue to develop um, a good defense around here. And so, um, you know, it's it's at the end of the day, it's about complimentary football and scoring points. When did you decide what your when you interviewed for the job? Did you have to lay out what you thought the philosophies would be offense, defense, special teams, overall culture when you get in there? And then does that change whenever Tom Brady leaves the AFC East? <laughs> and it seems like the Patriots like what at what do you have to adjust year to year on what the offense, defense and special teams are going to look like? Or is that like just an overall philosophy thing? Well, I think you start with the overall philosophy and then and then you obviously have to evolve with the times so the game doesn't pass you by. And uh, but listen, I, I learned a pretty good I had to build a pretty good foundation and, and learned a lot being around Andy years ago and and then Ron Rivera in Carolina. So uh, whereby I was able to kind of come up with uh, what I think is, is the right approach. And and if you study the game, even though it does change and evolve over the course of time, it uh, the game still in some way stays the same. And uh, and so philosophically, I think there's a lot of defensive head coaches out there that, you know, want the best defense. And we certainly want to want a good defense and the best defense we can have. But uh, you also have to be able to score points to win games. And uh, I like winning. I like scoring, you know, 20, 30 points, whatever we can score. And uh, I think there's a lot of defensive coaches that, that like winning nine to seven. And that's a uh, that's a hard that's a hard life to live over the course. Over the course of the <laughs> <laughs> We could be enjoying this much more, okay? <laughs> we could be enjoying this much more. Right. I had a uh, I had a coach that once said it was right before a game. He would sit down next to me in Vinatieri, and we would just have a full. I feel like he was coming to us potentially just to lighten up for a little bit or whatever, you know. Like we're just we have nothing really going on in warmups. We're out here to kick balls, okay? We get it. We're pretty we're pretty prepared at this moment. And this coach would walk over, you know, maybe a little stressed or whatever. But also, I don't think anybody else would talk to him. And he, the first time he sat down, he said, just trying to score one more point than the other team. And Vinny goes, can we not try to get 50 more than that? <laughs> like, hey, this would be a lot more fun, you know, for all of us here if we tried yeah. to score. And well, uh, in the fourth quarter would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Tom Brady. Let's talk about him. Uh, just got mentioned there. The, the conversation revolving around him for good reason. I mean, he's in his 10th Super Bowl at this point. It makes no sense how this whole thing has gone. 
What is it about him you think that his teams win? You know, like you had to battle him, obviously. What What is it about Tom Brady you think that makes him the guy that people are going to talk about 70, 80, 90 years from now if the league and the world survives that long? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what I, what I had a chance to, to, to witness um, playing him even before I got to Buffalo and then in the division here for, for a couple of years is he's got an incredible – uh, desire to win and uh, in a burning desire, as, as I would call it, to win. And he seems like he puts in an incredible amount of time and he holds uh, people around him to a high standard and, 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 and in fact, improves people uh, you know, by the way he plays and approaches the game in, in terms of helping people improve uh, those that are around him. So I think that's what great players do. That's what great leaders do. And, and uh, I can't wait to watch the Super Bowl because of uh, I think it's going to be a heck of a game and, and uh, two really good teams, two really good quarterbacks, two really good coaches. Um, what coaches – you mentioned Andy Reid there, Ron Rivera a lot. Um, is that – do you – in your process of becoming a head coach, are you just like picking things from people that you're kind of – like because the coaching tree thing is talked about so much, and I think it's because that's the style. For instance, Sean McVay had what, – what do you have? A croissant with a guy. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Sean McVay had a croissant with a guy. A guy <laughs> became a head coach, okay, like the next day, and he's now in his, <laughs> his entire – okay, like that becomes his thing. And I assume whenever they hire these people in the tree, they're like, hey, we think you're going to be that person. Is that an accurate depiction of what people expect and think, and how accurate is that in reality when it comes to the coaching tree thing? Zero, zero percent accuracy on that, man. It's, it's, uh, okay. look at the end of the day, you can be around people, but if you're not cut out for the job, you know, you, it's not going to work. So you, you got to be around people, be a sponge, uh, and, and then, and then make it your own. And, and I think that's important. And the longer you're around people, the better chance you have to, to take the good from them and, and leave the rest. And, and that's what you got to do in the different, people you're around and uh, as you've been through as you go through your career and the different stops of your career uh, and becoming who you're trying to become as a coach that's the thought though if any time a coach gets hired from a coaching tree the the immediate follow is oh, okay we got this guy <laughs> whoa 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 i don't know if we got the 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 root of the tree there i, uh-huh. I mean we might have got a limb here i don't know how much it is it's very interesting what do you got Ty? Coach, uh, when like you look at like the quarterback carousel this off season, it's obviously something we talk about a lot. But like, do you, will you pay any attention to that? Like, if you see something that like a player, a big time quarterback that gets traded, does that shock you at all, or is that something you don't really pay any attention to? Yeah, I mean, listen, we're we're very happy with Josh, uh, so that's because of that. I, I'll pay less attention to it than normal um, if we didn't have a quarterback. But I still think you always keep an eye on. You're always keeping an eye on the industry, right? The league and and uh, how things go down, and if there's new trends evolving with how trades happen and the quarterback carousel that you're mentioning. Uh, listen, they're they're hard to find, and and uh, we're fortunate in Buffalo that we've got one that uh, we feel really good about, and 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 he's only going to get better. He was in the MVP conversation this year, and a lot of people think. Uh, talking about what you were just talking about, Stephon Diggs coming in helped out a lot. I mean, Cole Beasley, obviously an unbelievable wide receiver. Tough interview whenever he has a jugs machine right behind him. He's talking the entire time. But the broadest, Stephon Diggs, I don't know if you heard about that, Coach. I wonder if that made it across your desk. I hope not. Um, but Stephon Diggs coming to your team, when that decision was being made, what were your thoughts? Because I think there was 
I don't know. I would assume a lot of people thought Stephon Diggs maybe because of what happened with Minnesota or whatever. Like, I think a lot of people thought with how you've built the culture there, like, how will this work? It has worked perfectly, it seems like, from the outside looking in. Uh, what were your thoughts immediately upon learning that Stephon Diggs was probably coming to the team? Yeah, that's that's where you got to trust the GM. That's where that relationship is so important, where he knows uh, what I value and I know what he values, and we're on the same page. And, uh, and so, you know, he's got to trust – what we do on the from a coaching standpoint, and I've got to trust what he does from a personnel standpoint, and we do a great job of communicating with one another. And uh, but within that, there's always uh, calculated risk to any of these moves and what you're doing, whether it's draft or or in this case trading for a player. And and I can't give Stefan Diggs more credit for the way he came in here, endeared himself to his new teammates, worked his tail off, and the result was what you saw this season. So uh, we look forward to more years uh, with Stefan and. And, uh, and I think it's only going to get better as we move forward. There were some incredible moments with him and your team this year. And then I cannot believe DeAndre caught that ball. I cannot. I cannot. I thought, I thought that was a deal that I wouldn't come on and let Unless you wouldn't bring that up. <laughs> oh, I know. But you just talked about it because my first thought was Stephon Diggs had that incredible, yeah. incredible. That was an incredible. That game was electric, Coach. I know it was probably a heart. It was a heartbreaker for you, but that game was awesome to watch. You guys battle there, and then Stephon had that moment, and then I we still don't know how he caught that. I just want to let you know we stand this show. The reason why he <laughs> came on this show has no idea how he caught it, and and damn it, we wish he didn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Damn it, we wish he didn't. That was insane. Uh, player. An unbelievable moment for the NFL. Obviously hard to watch. When <laughs> right now. Uh, but it's an unbelievable moment. That's why our game is the way it is. And, and it's got special players uh, and, and, and just special moments, which to me, it's obviously unbiased, but it's, it's, the, uh, it's the best game going right now. So. By far. Biggest, best league, best game, everything like that. Connor, what do you got? Yeah, Coach, it was reported that uh, the Patriots or the other team trying to acquire uh, Stephon Diggs. Was that something you were being were aware of? And did that give you guys more motivation to get the deal done? No, nah, I mean, that's, that's uh, I mean all, all those kind of rumors fly sometimes during the fact, sometimes after the fact. And at the end of the day, we were trying to do what was best for, uh, for what we thought was for us and uh, but you know they may have, that may have been the case, but we weren't we weren't getting into that. Oh, you know what? Minnesota might have floated those out. By the way, <laughs> to kind of yeah. And by the way, very smart. Keep the blinders on. Yeah, you know I mean? uh-huh. keep the blinders on. Don't even do it, Coach. This has been an incredible conversation. We appreciate you. I appreciate you guys, man. Great to be on with you. you guys. Do a great job. Well, good luck this off season uh, and next season. Cannot wait to see the boys back in the Bills Mafia with the fans around mm-hmm. them, ladies and gentlemen. Head coach Sean McDermott. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to let you know that um, Valentine's Day is coming up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And for a lot of guys, that can mean added pressure to perform. Luckily, with Roman, you can relax. Hell, yeah. Um, whether you're dealing with ED or you're more concerned about lasting longer in a sack, Roman's got you covered. For a limited time, Roman has special offers to make sure you're ready for Valentine's Day. Get up. <laughs> Get up. Get up now. Get up. Get up. It's $35 off your first month of ED treatment. It's not supposed to be read. Podcast. Oh, no. Oh, boy. That's podcast read. I can clip that.
Congrats to that. Slash USA. To get started, that's GetRoman.com slash USA to get started. Get up to $35 off your first month of ED treatment. So does ED treatment come at different prices? Like, uh, you're going to need a lot more. Okay, you get $35 off. You have this. Uh, like, how does that work? I'm not 100% yeah. sure. But you can go find out and take care of your problem. Mm. Get up. Get $35 off your first month of ED treatment when you go to GetRoman.com slash USA. Complete your online visit by February 10th for guaranteed delivery by Valentine's Day. For a limited time, get up to $35 off your ED treatment if prescribed. And if you purchase swipes, you'll get a free bottle of lube added to your order. Oh, oh right up in that. Really? Well, while supplies last. Shout out to them. All right, so for a limited time, you get up to $35 off your first month of ED treatment if prescribed. Okay, so you can't just be self-diagnosing. No, no, no. no. Can't, you can't be like, hey, what's going on, diner? Yeah. got to see the doc. But anyways, you get prescribed that. That is the place to go. And if you purchase swipes, you get a free bottle of lube added to your order. Woo. Order by February 10th, guaranteed by Valentine's so Day. Nice Guys, spice up the Lover's Day. Let's go. Hell yeah. We will now pivot away to somebody that is incredible on ESPN. You can see him at 5 a.m., on ESPN, you can see him at 10 a.m. on ESPN. You can see him in the afternoon. You can see him at midnight on ESPN. This man's an electric factory Super Bowl champ, ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Clark. Yeah! Yeah! What's going on, man? What up, though, man? How y'all doing? Hey, I assume you are currently in between ESPN hits. You are on all day, every day, and uh, we absolutely love it over here. So, congrats on the season, Ryan. Yeah, yeah great season. Oh, yeah. Appreciate it. Hey, here's, here's what's funny. I'm actually not. You know, all the good people are in Tampa. So I'm just here alone in Baton Rouge by myself, man. Oh. Just training folks and, wow. you know, tr- trying to beat the vid, bro. Wow. That's it. What happened? Why didn't, why didn't you go down? What happened, man? <laughs> I don't, well, one, I don't pick, right? So I don't <laughs> oh, pick. no. Um, man. Who, who goes? Um, you know, that's not necessarily a part of my job, oh. but. You know, they went to the regular NFL crew, NFL Live crew this year. So those guys went. Um, I think Booger is there, and I think Lou's there. And so what I'm going to do is um, on Sunday, though, I'll go to D.C., and I'll work with SVP after the game. There you know, we so go. That's my that's my slot this week. There we go. Okay. Yeah. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> that's what we like to hear. Hey, that Baton Rouge song that all those drunks sang after LSU won the national championship last year down mm-hmm. the Mercedes-Benz Dome, Foxy and I were there uh, as the, the trophy was being presented. Is that just like uh, every night thing down there in Baton Rouge, like at midnight? No. Is that something that plays? Well, in it? No, they, they don't do it like that. They only do it when good things are happening or bad <laughs> things are happening. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just one of those songs that com- commemorates a, a moment. You know what I mean? We don't want to listen to it all the time. At first, it was about all the time. Now it's about, you know what? I'm having a bad day. I'm going to drink my sorrows away. I'm going to get totally tore up, and we're going to play the song, and we're going to cry and sing it together. Or it's I'm having an amazing day. I just won the championship. We are also going to drink and get tore up about that and then listen to the song as well. Okay, that's nice to know. So basically, it's about drinking, getting torn up, and singing together which by the way i think a lot of people just assume all of louisiana is about and by the way not a bad thing to be known about not a bad thing to be known for that sounds like a great time let's talk about the game this weekend ryan um 
Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. I assume your entire, not entire take, but you have a view on the defense is not being talked about on either side here, right? I mean, every once yeah. in a while, the conversation will lend towards, hey, Jace Pierre-Paul plus 10,000 could get MVP if he gets five sacks on Patrick Mahomes against a replacement uh, tackle or maybe Shaq Barrett watched Vaughn Miller do that whenever he was in Denver. Maybe he'll go off. How do you feel about the defenses in this game and which offense you think is least likely to get stopped? Um, you know what? I think neither are, are going to get stopped uh, this week. But I think it's about critical football plays, right? Critical moments. And AJ knows this. You know this too, Pat. It's about who comes up with the play when it's most needed. Listen, we've watched Patrick Mahomes be under siege before. A uh, guy I know is the head trainer at New Orleans, and we were kind of talking about Patrick Mahomes, what it looks like for, for field level. And obviously, if you're a trainer in, in New Orleans, you love Drew Brees. And he's used to like that pinpoint accuracy going through your progressions as they're supposed to happen. And he goes, I've never seen anything like it. It felt like backyard football. He's pointing guys one way. He's running backwards. He's doing different things. And so it's kind of impossible to stop that. Right. So even if you are getting pressure off both sides, don't expect him or don't expect Patrick Mahomes to look like Cam Newton in that Super Bowl uh respectfully but don't don't expect that so pat's going to find ways to make plays you see tyree kill and those guys what is going to be about for tampa on defense is how much pressure you get on him and what do you do on the back end where he doesn't have his outlet outlet right away if you go back to week 12 bro like i can't throw a football but i would have known who to throw it to and where to throw it by the way tampa bay lined up in the first movement of their back end they were playing single high a lot. They were leaving Carlton Davis one-on-one with Tyree Kill. Like, you know, Adam Schefter talked about the hair cutter. Not the barber, but the hair cutter. <laughs> hey, hey, Adam hey. Schefter, oh, the best. The best. Right? It was so good, right? <laughs> Carlton Davis probably wanted the hair cutter to come. He was wishing that the hair cutter would have went to the facility that week and that Tyreek Hill would have been in the seat first. <laughs> and so defensively, Todd Bowles has to do some different things. He has to add some different wrinkles because if Pat Mahomes knows where he's going, he's getting there right now. And now you think about the Kansas City Chiefs. If there's a defensive coordinator that's still alive, that, that's in the world, that has to feel good about what he does against Tom Brady, doesn't it have to be Steve Spagnuolo? Like, doesn't he have to feel like, you know what? Not saying that I'm like the Brady stopper, you know, like Shane Battier was the Kobe stopper. Then he went out, hit 50 on it. You know, not like, not like he feels like he's the Brady stopper. But you think about what he did in the Super Bowl uh, with the New York Giants, with the, with the NASCAR package. Also, you go early on this year, he forced two, two interceptions because Brady was pressured. He, could, he had to get the ball out of his hands. He was dialing up free, free rushers and free blitzers on Tom Brady. So he has to feel good about that. And so I think there will be some plays made these games by the offenses, but which defense comes up with the critical play, I think changes the game. And that could be many different people. Ryan, if you were the, the defensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Bucks, I guess, what would you try to do to at least slow this offense down? Like double people always say, Oh, you got a double Tyreek, you got a double Kelsey. Like what, what can they legit try? Got a double. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to double at times, AJ. But if you go back, uh, Atlanta Falcons played very well against the Kansas City Chiefs. I know people won't think about it because it's Atlanta and they stink. Um, But Atlanta (laughs) was a a single high team, right? They played a lot of cover three, a lot of man. That week, they went to a two shell. They played everything out of a a two deep shell, whether they were rolling the cover two, whether they were getting to one. And Patrick Mahomes had to read everything after the snap. They also made him take some of the underneath stuff. They also made him work the ball down the football field. I think you got to do some of those things 
um, if you're a Tampa Bay. But you do have to double sometimes. Um, Travis Kelsey is the guy they go to on third down. He's the guy that in critical moments when you need a certain catch or you need a certain amount of yardage, you go to. We've seen Denzel Ward on him. We've seen Tredavious White on him, both in the last two games. I think you have to double him on third and measure on, on third and manageable, on third and medium. And Tyreek Hill, you're gonna have to slide the safety to him out of the middle of the field and say, you know what, Murphy Bunting, you know what, Jamel Dean, y'all gotta win on McCole Hardman. Y'all gotta win on Sammy Watkins. And then there's gonna be some times I think you Sammy do Watson double him with a guy underneath, <laughs> and then you playing a half shell to him. You gotta do some of those things and switch it up. Because what happens is, and y'all know it, like when you're good at something, you feel like you can just keep doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like when we were, when I was in Pittsburgh, we were a fire zone team. You know, AJ, you played on a fire zone team before. And no matter what, we felt like if we send in Troy and you blocking him with one man and we can outnumber you, we're going to win. And so we go play Tom Brady like that every time, bro. And he would cook us. One year, (laughs) one year, we it was just straight up. One year we draft well. We got some good young you know, long, athletic, lengthy corners, and we played everything from a two-shell. We played two-man and one robber the entire game. And we ended up winning that game because it was something Tom hadn't seen from us. We got to move into it. But we had to stop saying, you know what? We're, we, wasn't, we weren't being ignorant. We was being ignorant. We had to stop being ignorant and say, we got to have this game plan to beat Tom because what we do normally doesn't work. And I think you're going to have to get some of that this week from Tampa Bay. And that's like the Seattle Seahawks defense, right? They just played that one defense. And then when the Legion of Boom left, that thing all kind of died to try to do it in Atlanta. That defense has kind of been beat at this point. There is some people that say, hey, we're the best at this. You're just going to have to beat us at some point whenever you have the players. But with the way the offenses are now, I think that's going to be difficult to continue to do, especially as – Patrick Mahomes becomes a play processor as he gets older, just like Aaron, just like Tom, just like Peyton. I mean, that's going to be interesting to watch that thing grow. Travis Kelsey is unguardable, it seems like, and I agree with your sentiment that when they need it, they're going to Travis Kelsey. I think Gronk is that same way, though. Who's going to cover Gronk, you think? How, How do they manage to take care of Gronk? Because there's a guy for a long time for Tom when Tom needed it, who's he go? He goes to Gronk. And we talked to Michael Lombardi yesterday, I think, and he said his hands are like uh, toilet seats whenever you meet Gronk. <laughs> his hands are like toilet seats. He can run. He has like the nimbility somehow, and he's a Clydesdale. It makes no sense what he is, but Tom, in big moments, has gone to him in the past. How can you stop him? Just like Travis Kelsey, who, by the way, going to go down the conversation as a Mount Rushmore tight end or whatever when he's done. Yeah. But how do you stop Gronk, you think? Well, what's been stopping Gronk is Tampa Bay's need to run a certain offense in order to protect Tom Brady, right? As, 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 things, as, as things shifted from, like, go back to the Kansas City game, which was the last game that they lost. Obviously, the Saints had beat them a few games before, a couple of games before, and it was about pressure on Tom Brady. The Saints won because they got pressure, and also the Kansas City Chiefs won because they were able to get pressure and create turnovers. And so now – they go to 12 personnel where they're using tight ends more often, only sending one tight end out in the route and keeping another end to block. That worked extremely well against Washington. Obviously, they started to run the ball more. So I don't necessarily know if Gronk is used in the passing game the way that we're used to seeing him. Like you go back to the Saints game, he has the one big catch in the red zone, um, but that was it. And so I don't necessarily know if now's the time where you focus on Gronk in that way. I think mm. what – the Kansas City Chiefs do have is a young rookie named Legereus Sneed, who is their nickelback, and they play a ton of nickel. Um, Dirty Dan Sorensen, 
uh, who's their dime back, comes in in their sub packages, does a good job on tight ends as well. And I think those guys will be, you know, on on Gronk a little bit, maybe even Juan Thornhill, but they're going to probably be more concerned with what he does with the backs out of the backfield in this game. You know, you think back, you think back as far as Kevin Falk, you think James White, and you look at when Tom Brady has been extremely successful in these games, it has been because he's used his backs very well. So I think those guys, uh, Leonard Fournette, especially in the past game, uh, will be huge. But um, I do agree with this about Gronk. I think if it gets down to, you know, nut cutting time, uh, the last great Super Bowl Brady pass we saw was down the scene um, to Rob Gronkowski against the Los, a- Los Angeles Rams, which was a great throw, great catch, great play. And so if he comes up with that one or two plays from Tom, I think that's what we see more from him than a consistent, you know, steady dose of it. Hey, Ryan, do do the Tampa Bay Bucks have to play almost a perfect game uh, to get a win here? Like, or is there a possibility Tom could throw three picks like he did in the NFC Championship and they can still squeak out a victory? Well, hell no. If he throws three picks, no. Nah. Right? You're like, and listen, you know, like we come on the show and I have like this thing with Aaron Rodgers because y'all, you know, because y'all beat us and he beat us and he was really good and he was kind of a turd about it. But, you know, in all truth, like I tell people, that's why he's my favorite quarterback. Right. Like it, until I saw Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback I pointed to. It's like, that's the best we've ever seen. Like, I don't care what the Super Bowl say and all that. But when I was on the field, a dude I felt like I couldn't make a mistake against was Aaron Rodgers. I think that Patrick Mahomes is now that guy as well. Like if you throw three interceptions against the Kansas City Chiefs, it does two things. Um, the first thing it does, it gives it gives Patrick Mahomes extra possessions. He don't need extra possessions. We're trying to limit his possessions. The other thing it does, it keeps you from scoring. And you always feel like points are at a premium, right? Which is why everybody was pissed off with Sean McDermott. Like, bro, you kicking field goals on fourth and two? Dog, Patrick Mahomes on the other side. Like, what are you doing? And two, Andy Reid, man. Like, I don't even know how he wears those Tommy Bahama shirts with as big as his stones are because he ain't tripping. He's going for it on fourth. He don't with care Chad Henney. What'd you say? He went for it on fourth with Chad Henney. With Chad Henney, bro. That's what I'm saying. And so, you know, so you stuff? can't turn it over for that reason. But when you look at um when you look at playing against Patrick Mahomes and this team, the defense has to come up with turnovers, right? As they've done uh throughout the playoffs. And we gotta get the good time. We gotta get first half time from last week. We gotta get some of that late season time from this year. Uh we can't get the Saints two times time. Uh we can't get Ooh. Chicago time. We can't get Tom that played against Kansas City in week 12. If Tom Brady's that guy, you don't win. He has to play well, but defensively, they have to shine. We got to see a little bit of what they've been in the playoffs, a little bit of what they were week six against the Green Bay Packers. Nick? RC, I have to ask you a homer question. If you were GM of the Pittsburgh Steelers, what would you be looking to do with that team this offseason? Um, you got you to gotta change who they become offensively. I think defensively, you're fine. Uh, you hope you can get Bud Dupree back on a one-year deal. I hate to say it, you know, because as a player, you want him to get his money, but when you get hurt, uh, try to keep that defense intact as much as possible. Obviously, Devin Bush, you want him healthy. But offensively, you got to get back to a physical running game. Um, that's when Pittsburgh is great. And I know history doesn't win games, uh, but history says, okay, this is how this organization has played well. Uh, you got to get back to a running game. So now when play action, Chase Claypool can get open. Now James Washington 
can be big. You're going to be replacing, you know, Vance McDonald and other people on that front line. And I think as far as the people you get, what you hope is that if Ben can work the money out, he says he doesn't really care what the money is. If Ben can work the money out and he comes back in some way, that leads to getting the good stuff out of Dwayne Haskins and having him as your quarterback going forward. So for me, it's about building up the front line offensively, getting a true premier rusher, you know, a guy that really can carry uh, the load as the running back and, you know, finding ways to get into the play action game from there. Who's winning, Ryan? The Kansas City Chiefs, 34 to 30. Oh, so they're covering. That's what you just said right there. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Super Bowl champ, ESPN analyst, Ryan Clark. Thank you. Hey, 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 y'all boys. Y'all boys be good, man. Hey, you too. Yeah, you had a great year, Ryan. Great season. I appreciate it, man. Try to be like you, bro. One right. day I'm going to get a radio show and, you know, I probably won't get like somebody as famous as AJ Hawk to come on, but I'm sure I got a homeboy that would love to work with me. <laughs> Hey, Ryan, you deserve it if it means anything. Ooh, you deserve a lot more than I ever do, ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Clark. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Y'all boys be good. Um, okay, so we had five people on today. AJ, Ryan Clark, I always enjoy our conversations with him. Yeah. Uh, Mike Allstott, he's Mike Allstott, okay. Yeah. Uh, A-tree, obviously. True, true. Did you listen to the Sean McDermott conversation we had at all? I did. I knew... He was coming on, so I wanted to see it. I that's you had him on forever. I didn't get to see all of it, but I got to see a good chunk. You know, everybody on the internet was saying, you know, it's remarkable how he looks exactly like Bill Burr. I mean, and when I was talking to him, he said a couple things where I envisioned actually <laughs> Bill Burr was potentially on the other side there. He was an incredible conversation. He was a really good conversation. I feel like he talked to us, he didn't lie much, didn't pull any punches. Like it felt like he was it was a pretty genuine. I, I really enjoyed it. I I, th- I like him. I like the Buffalo Bills a lot more all of a sudden mm-hmm. like after listening to him talk. You know. Oh, I, I think you did a good job with it. Like how you he obviously felt pretty comfortable. I don't know. He stayed on what 20, 25 minutes. I think it was like thirty five. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like for a head coach to come on and do anything anytime during the year for 30, 35 minutes. Yeah, and to be as open and cool as he was. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty cool thing. Maybe more coaches. Do you think we're going to see more coaches be like that, be more open, be willing to, I hope. to give more info? I hope. I mean, that was a great conversation. I feel like I learned a lot. I, I like the team a lot more. I would assume not every coach is going to be like that, you know, but boy, could you imagine us talking to fucking Motor City Dan King? Oh, oh, man. Let's talk about these kneecaps, dude. Oh, can only hope. Come on. It's going to happen. Do you see the Marshall Thundering Herd's new strength coach yesterday? I tweeted him out. He did the. Uh, he ended his press conference with actually doing like the jump, the post stretch jumping jack. H E R D. Hey, let's go get it. Hey, let's go. And then like he was going go on into practice. This guy was electrifying. It wasn't chewing kneecaps, but it was electrifying down there in Marshall. Well, how many strength coaches have press conferences? Well, I, I think they knew what he they had. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I think yeah. they potentially knew what they had. I, I think. Um, I think Duck. Uh, Register to vote. Doc Hodges, he uh, he texted me and said that strength coach I think was at Samford, and he mm. said he is awesome. Ooh. That's a, so Duck gave him a he is awesome or whatever. That press conference is awesome. Uh, they they got rid of Doc Holiday after a good mm. run there. I wonder how that whole thing's going to pan out. They got a whole new strength staff in there, a whole new coaching staff in there, including the strength corner. The internet this week has been pretty fantastic. You know. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. There was the Andrew Luck fake text messages that you know. 
hit a little bit. Mm. Yeah. There was a little stir in the pot from Teddy Bruschi saying Matt Stafford, mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford not tough enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot of drama. There's a trade. Obviously, Matthew Stafford mm-hmm. got traded. That, that came out of nowhere. Carson Wentz going to the Colts now, allegedly. But the Bears have the best offer in. Ooh. I mean, this, this week has been filled with, you know, like – reality tv not really anything that involves the super bowl at all aside from a hair cutter but uh, everything else has just been reality tv at this point yeah what do you think is going to happen next week like after after the super bowl how long can do people string it out where they can talk about the outcome and what happened the battles that were going on well overreaction monday is all you got Mm -hmm. i think tuesday what are we doing going forward I, i think that is uh i mean that is the world we're in right now mostly because it's the way the internet is the internet every Every hour is, is, and I say this a lot, but it literally is. If something happened yesterday, that might as well be last week. I mean, yeah. that's the way the internet is. It just goes so fast. And I think that's for all content, basically. Like, for instance, Queen's Gambit. I mean, that's gone, mm-hmm. immediately gone as soon as something else comes. The NFL is obviously bigger than everything on earth, right? It is massive. It is absolutely massive. The ratings are insane. But I think with the world, it's like, all right, on Tuesday, Who's getting traded? Who's yeah. that's what everybody wants to know. Who's signing? Who's gonna? How are they? Who's gonna beat the Kansas City Chiefs mm-hmm. after winning two straight? Like that whole thing. What moves can be made? That's immediately where the sports conversation turns to. And it, okay, let's say Tampa Bay, they don't win the game and Tom doesn't play well. Are people gonna say, "Oh, do they even want Tom back next year? Are they gonna cut him?" Like, don't you think there's gonna be some people having that take? We know he said just a couple days ago that he said he wanted to play well at past 45, but after that performance, is Tom gonna retire? Does he not have it anymore? That that whole oh my god, the hot take takers will have a take for days. Whoa, if the Bucks lose. I got a lot of friends down there. A lot of friends down there. Hey, I want them to win. Hey, go hey, 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 come on, Bucks. Come on, Bucks. But I also thoroughly enjoy, like, like I think Travis Kelsey and us are potentially going to have a friendship. Like, I, I enjoy, I enjoy a lot of the things going on over there in Kansas City. Even though the Shermanator, I mean, he's yeah. donating Ooh. his truck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's, I like both these teams. Got a lot of friends down the Bucks organization. But to me, I am very surprised that. The people are betting on the Bucks to win this thing straight up without even the points. There's money line, like, yeah, Bucks are gonna win this thing. That's wild. I, mean, I, I just assumed we all agreed that the the Chiefs are the they're the new they're the new thing. You know, that's an interesting thing to me, AJ. Yeah, it does seem like it, it reminds me of the Super Bowl when Seattle played Denver and the first snap went over Peyton's head. Oh, long I remember I was I was down on Radio Row doing like different interviews and sitting in, and they always ask you your prediction, and every single time, like, I just can't pick against Peyton Manning. I was like. Peyton Manning in the what he's done, like he is so good. And then that first play happens, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And they got annihilated. <laughs> they got blown out by Seattle. Oh, so he has been playing a long time, and he is very good. But they can make mistakes too, all of a sudden. And, huh. and, and it is. We talked about that play the other day, whenever we were talking about because the conversation that we have on here has been the same conversation off air. It's like, for me personally, the Chiefs, by all accounts in my brain, should win this game. Like should win this game okay should but then all of a sudden you start thinking okay but 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 i saw the tackle that's gonna have to play against jason pierre paul i immediately saw are they gonna be able to stop but then you listen to ryan clark talk and he's like backyard football player patrick mahomes even if you get pressure that's cool they're still gonna be able to make plays like you'll slow them down you'll affect them but they'll still be able to make plays and you think on the other side is there a chance that the tampa bay buccaneers offense won't go and i think i think that may be i don't know I don't. For me, I just don't see the Chiefs losing at all. But that Tampa offense 
A lot of weapons out there. They got some old heads over there that are chasing rings as well. Think about Indomitian and Sue. He's down there. He's not won a Super Bowl. He, if he has his best game he's ever had, by the way, which he could do. Yeah, I don't man. know why he couldn't do it. It's a Super Bowl to get a Super Bowl. I mean, him and Vita Vea in there, that's a problem. And you start thinking about like the path to success with their offense without good it is. I mean, you can see it. And that's why I'm betting betting tails. That's the yeah. entire yeah, that's yeah, my, yeah, yeah. my Super Bowl is ta- heads or tails. Because just like what you're saying, though, don't want to bet against Tom. Everything says the Chiefs should win, but it doesn't make any sense at all to me to to put the actual money down on it. Well, it, it, that's what scares me a little bit is because everything said like everything at least for myself like okay yeah I can see the Chiefs like they can win multiple different ways the, the Bucks they don't have nearly as many ways to win so yeah. The Chiefs can absolutely get beat. The Bucks can beat them, but there's going to have to be some big-time mistakes made that the Chiefs normally don't make. Uh, pivoting away from the Super Bowl here, Trevor Bauer Parar. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, he is a free agent Uh-oh. in the baseball world. He is going to be announcing where he will be signing, or he has announced? Uh, John Heyman, who I believe is with the MLB Network, has reported that he's going to the Dodgers. <gasps> Whoa. Congrats to the – but I thought he wanted to break his own news, right? That was what they were told, but I mean, I'll check a switch. He's a he's a real reporter. Old Bob Nightingale dropped the ball again. It looks like (laughs) he sucks, huh? (laughs) Yes, he did. Bob Nightingale has gotten it wrong a couple times now, and it seems like he is only remembered for those. I I wonder how many times this guy has hit. I I don't. Makes a lot of swings. Okay, let's just make sure we keep it fair and balanced here. Mm -hmm. Bob Nightingale has hit, but the only time we hear about him, he does miss. I think he said he was going to the Mets, right? Yeah, those were the two favorites the Mets potentially because AMC right oh yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that why they dropped out because oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that was like one of the he was direct opponents right of the retail brokers is that not yeah Cohen was, Cohen was against the uh the reddit the people yeah he was the direct mm-hmm. opponent right mm-hmm. he was one of the the actual targets at one yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And he, by the way, what he he sent out a tweet and said, "Let's fucking go." Mm-hmm. It was like everybody was like, "Hold!" Did he survive or not? And is that why he lost out on Trevor Bauer Power? Hour, he deleted his Twitter. I know that. He deleted his Twitter. Yes, he did. So he said, "Let's go." Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they, he was like, "That line they got a lot of people answered. deep. They're holding that thing." And he, he said, "Let me a, get off." He this. got into a Twitter. He got into the mud with Portnoy, and then he t- pulled the shoot. Can't go in the mud with Portnoy. He will bury you, especially when he's like saving small businesses. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's holding the line out there. He is holding. And by the, the line. way, Dogecoin, I think, still going. By the way, right? Yeah, you better believe it. Oh, wow. Elon sent it to the moon the other night when Elon may have been on the moon. I'm not positive or not. Is this not the most fucking absurd time to be alive? Listen to what <laughs> we are awesome. talking about right now. What Dogecoin? We're buying in something. That literally the majority of people that have spent money on it, the only thing they know about it is that goddamn dog, the, yeah. the little yeah. twisted head dog yeah. that has been put on memes. And everybody's like, yeah, making hundreds of dollars, <laughs> thousands of dollars right now off of this thing. Look, Elon Musk, our resident aliens promoting it over there. It's like, yeah, let's fucking do it. Why not? What a time, dude. Will that be a part of the asterisk next to whoever wins the Super Bowl? You know, will they explain that? Like, one Super Bowl during year that Wall Street went to war with people and the world shut down and Dogecoin was really birthed. Mm -hmm. Is that, is that, will that be in the asterisks? I wonder. How will this pan out for all the brokers? Excited to see. Yeah. 
this will be the the start of the documentary of Dogecoin, don't you think? Like this, the early beginnings, and they show the chaos, Wall Street. Oh, the NFL found a way to put on a season. We have a Super Bowl, COVID's around. They don't just be like, that's when they broke in the market during this time of adversity. Now look at them now, 10 and years that, later. And then it's like the Lion King Simba meme. Yeah. Yep. That's the documentary. We're writing it right now. Good for Dogecoin, man. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Shout out. AJ, I, I, oh, I got to place that bet. Oh, oh here we, we go. We got a couple minutes. Uh-oh. Are, are you thinking tails, maybe, you? No, I'm thinking heads, 100%. You were you good at? Were you good whenever you went out there? Nope, I don't think I ever called it. <laughs> okay, how about how'd you guys feel whenever you guys were going out for captains and there was uh, malarkey happening behind you, photoshopping? That's photo bombing. Yeah, every single captain's picture. That's the way. Brett Favre started. Aaron continued. All right. Oh, All right. So, as soon as this button hits this, as soon as this finger hits this button, by the way. A $30,000 bet on tails at minus 103 odds to win 29126 bucks will go through. Yeah! Hey, whoever's tossing that goddamn coin out there, if you have that thing, land, tails up. I want to let you know, not only are you starting a Super Bowl and refing a Super Bowl, you're also helping a community of people mm-hmm. win thousands hey! of dollars because as soon as this money goes into the account it is being withdrawn and thrown out to the people that watch and rock with us every single day if tails is the coin toss outcome we all win aj is against it he wants heads he says 100 percent heads but that's not what it's about what it's about is if tails hits we all win yeah yeah, oh, yeah. thirty thousand dollar bet place bet didn't let me place big. Uh, no, we got a geolocation no. issue. Yeah. No. Ugh. Of course. Ask been open too long. No, I just had to reopen it. I had, had oh, to do the old face thing. Son of mm-hmm. a bitch. Well, that was kind of a little bit of a. Are you rethinking there. it? Hmm? Are you rethinking tails? No. <laughs> no. As soon as that thing can go through, which will be yeah. immediately following this show, I mean that thing's going through. Yeah. We are betting thirty thousand dollars on tails. I'm Woo. not rethinking it at all, even though the man sitting next to me on this particular camera shot, two shot, says heads is coming because he wants nobody to win any of the money. Ain't that right, AJ? And no, I it worked out very well for me, but I had no idea you were putting thirty K on tails. <laughs> Is that my ear thing? Yeah, it is. It's turned down so low that it's going to blow my ears up. Both both my ears are going to oh, get did blown it, up. Oh, did it? I think we need to uh, get you a new pack. Yeah. Pack's dead. Yeah, we need, pack to, get sabotage. You, need to get you a new pack. It was killing me. Like, it was... Yeah, I, was I, feel like, I feel like a dog. Yeah. Hearing that whistle. It is like a dog whistle in there. Mm-hmm. Shot there, Ken. I mean, he did 45 interviews today. Yeah. yeah. What, do you, what do you want from him? You know? He'll win Offensive <laughs> Player of the Year. He remembers Bob, though. Yeah. yeah, Bob Spokane. I, I I forgot. You know, as I was t- see, that's I think it's your side one. Oh, so now it's oh uh, double agent. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Test test. <laughs> Classic test on it. What is the poll for today, by the way? Oh, yep, got it right here. Do we have a good poll? Yes, we do. It's it's a super poll. Oh, oh nice. Oh, nice. Uh, with over, let me refresh because it doesn't update. 55,000 votes. Damn. Jesus. No big deal. Who is going to win Sunday? Oh, shit. Who do you want to vote for? Me? Yeah. No, I'm not doing that. Who? Well, this is the People's Bowl. 
Make a choice, Z. Make a choice, Z. You know, I'm just going to put Bucks real quick. Oh, okay. okay. And then right now, Bucks' is last place, 46%. Chiefs, 54%. Interesting you say that because the gambling is not going that way. It's going the complete opposite way, actually. The money is now on the Bucks money line over the Chiefs at 54% or something like mm-hmm. that. It's actually completely flipped at, to our poll. So 55,000 people on Zito's Super Poll, uh, 54% on the Chiefs, 46 on the Buccaneers. But the money being bet and wagered is completely flipped here yeah. which if you're a chiefs better got to make you feel good and i think there are a lot that i'm looking at that are potentially chiefs betters even though they want potentially the buccaneer story if the people are with the bucks that means the sports books are very thankful i'd assume at this point yeah, yeah they, very very fair they thing. had to assume that it was going to go the other way i would assume they thought it was going to go the other way and just it seems like the public just how our pools flipped from what the bets are a lot of people have no idea what the fuck's going to happen on Sunday. <laughs> Which is why I put $30,000 on tails. Joining yeah. us now, he's a man uh, who's an all-pro, pro bowler, Heisman, and he's here for Cadenwood. Uh, we got a chance to talk to him last year. Always an incredible conversation. A man I do believe who enjoys a wine or two. Ladies and gentlemen, Carson Paul. Yeah. How are you guys? Are you in a lodge? Uh, I'm in a lodge-inspired home. That is correct. <laughs> in the woods? I'm in the mountains. I'm in Idaho. Oh, how is it? Is it awesome out there? You love it. Good. Potatoes. It's good. It just snowed probably two inches this morning, and there's more coming this afternoon, so it's good. It's cold, but good. You ski, snowboard, anything like that? Ski a little bit, yeah. Any black diamonds out there in Idaho you hit? A lot of black diamonds. <laughs> you a big skier, Pat? One time, hit a black diamond, never skied again. You know what I mean? I do. You do the bunny, the slalom? Uh, My kids, actually, my two oldest kids are ski racers. They do the giant slalom and the slalom. Okay, I watch it like every four years or whatever, you know, because the Olympics, that looks, the, the one where their legs just are bouncing back and forth, they look like they're crashing, but like in a controlled fashion. That, that's the moguls. The GS is what you see, like, Lindsey Vaughn and Michaela Schifrin doing, going, like, 80 miles an hour on a sheet of ice. Your kids are doing that? Kids are doing that. Oh, nice. You prefer that over stepping up into a pocket with a Pittsburgh <laughs> Steeler climbing into their legs? They're both dangerous. I mean, either, both sports can rip your legs in half, um, and you can also knock yourself out with a concussion. So. It hasn't gotten any safer since in, in the Palmer household since I retired. Oh, so. <laughs> the, um, you know, a rule was changed because of a situation that happened to you. You were on the wrong side of it, obviously, with a, a crawling defensive lineman taking out your knee. So that means literally you were the pivot point of a lot of protection for quarterbacks. Uh, back in the day, was it as bad as like some of the older quarterbacks make it out to be versus the rules today for protecting a quarterback? Or do you think there's still some big shots on quarterbacks post the rules being changed, partly because of the situation that happened with you? Very rarely. I mean, you very, very rarely hit, you know, see a quarterback get hit. You see more often defensive linemen approaching the quarterback and throwing their hands up to the ref. Like, I'm not going to hit him. I'm not going to touch him. The game has changed. And, and I think that's uh, been a catalyst in Tom Brady's success at, at this stage in his career. Back when he started in, in the league, he was getting hammered. And and you just have not seen Tom get hit the last five or six years the way he was the first six years. And the other big factor in that, too, is 
you're not seeing teams play on on astroturf like when you and i first got in the mm. league you know which was just basically an asphalt parking lot with a little piece of carpet <laughs> over the top of it now I mean, most teams are playing on natural grass. The other half are playing on the synthetic turf, which does have a little bit of give and a little bit of cushion. But one of my my mentors and best buddies, Ken O'Brien, who played for the Jets back in the day, um, I mean, they, they played they, they basically played on, on a parking lot on AstroTurf. And that's kind of where, you know, how the league was. Half the teams were on that. And that that did more damage than the actual hits, I think. Uh, I would like to talk more about Tom Brady here in a little bit, um, but there was one quarterback this year taking some hits. I mean, I saw his head get dislodged from his body. Joe Burrow took some of the biggest shots I've seen in some time to a quarterback, especially like a franchise quarterback. Now, obviously, as soon as the conversation was he was going to go to the Bengals or whatever, and there was a conversation that started murmuring around that he said that was not true and everything like that. But you were a large part of that conversation about the Bengals. Do you think the Bengals are going to take advantage of Joe Burrow? He is so good, by the way. But if he there's he's not going to last. That that guy he he might die if he t- takes the shots that he was taking last year. Like it was that was a scary scene. How do you see his entire career going? And I'm assuming you've got a chance to chat with him. How have those conversations gone? You know, so your first question, I, I was shocked. I, I thought he was going to be a really good pro and, and thought the sky was the limit. But he came in and played as a rookie on a team that was just not quite as good as every team they played personnel-wise. And he still, with, with that supporting cast around him, played like one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league. I, I was blown away. He didn't have those – those rookie moments, those rookie passes where you're like, oh, no, 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 don't throw that one. He was really, really um, – he was smart with the ball. He was mature. He was taking a shellacking on the field. Um, and if it wasn't his knee that gave – you know, I think that was week 9, 10, 11, it was going to be something else because he was absolutely taking a pummeling. But, you know, in, you know, in retrospect, when you look back, he got hurt with, with that knee injury at the right time in the year because now – He's got enough time for the surgery, the rehab, getting himself back, getting his confidence back in his knee and time for preseason games. So hopefully he'll get an opportunity to play some preseason games, develop that chemistry and those relationships with his outside targets and be on track to start week one. So if there is a a silver lining in all of it, he got hurt at the right time in the season. I mean, he those first couple games, he was making some plays like, ooh, look at this. And then there were some hits. And, everybody was like, <laughs> and then you talk to people, he's like, well, he wanted those hits. Like, he, he likes taking those hits where it's like, ah, okay. Right. <laughs> um, this weekend is being heralded as the old goat versus the young goat as a guy who is – one of the prototypes of the quarterback position uh, in longstanding quarterback, you know, knowledge haver. Did you hear that? Did you hear that wow. sentence I just put together right there? Uh, putting over the fact that you know what, yeah, you know what the hell you're talking about when it comes to quarterbacks. What is Patrick Mahomes ever going to be able to accomplish that people will say, you know what, more impressive than what Tom Brady did? And do you think that's even possible at this point? I think this unicorn-like run that Tom Brady has been on might be damn near impossible to do. But if anybody can do it, I guess Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs team would be able to do it. Yeah, I think just if you just look at the start of Pat Patrick Mahomes' career, the first he's broken every record for the, for the first two or three seasons a quarterback's played statistically. 
But I mean, when you think about half of Tom Brady's career has ended up in the Super Bowl and he's played for 20 years. I mean, that, that statistic, statistic is mind blowing. Just about every other year he goes to the Super Bowl. That would be an unbelievable run for Pat Mahomes. I mean, Pat started a little bit earlier because Brady sat behind Bledsoe for a bit. And I know I know Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith for a bit. But, uh, I mean, the start to Pat's, Patrick's career has been flawless. Can he do it? Can he sustain what he started? I mean, only time will tell. But um, to, to match what Brady's done as far as getting to the Super Bowl every other year just about – um, might be one of the most impressive st- statistics to me outside of what Brett Favre did in consecutive games played. I mean, I, I think that stat uh, will go down, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now. We're going to look back and go, that was an amazing stat to play that long, that many games in a row without having the unlucky occurrence of somebody just falling into your knee and your knee going sideways or a really, really bad concussion that you hit your head on the side of the AstroTurf and missed a week or two. I mean, the, the fact that that didn't happen in Brett Favre's run is truly amazing also. Yeah, I agree. And the thought of like 50 years from now, 60 years from now that you just kind of referenced there, and I, and I automatically started thinking that. Now, let's assume the league survives and world survives mm-hmm, of course. 50, 60 years. You know, I'm, who knows? I mean, Who nobody knows? knows the future, uh, even me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Imagine them talking about Tom Brady, though, for like the kids that didn't yeah. see Tom Brady or even had a clue about Tom Brady's existence, especially in the world that we're in now. If something happened a week ago, that might as well have been at least a year ago with the way the Internet is. Whatever people when Tom Brady's numbers are now being showcased this week and we're seeing some more stats because we never look at Tom Brady's stats. We look at everybody else's stats. Tom Brady's stats are never put out. The numbers are just alarming to look at i mean it is just everything is so big i think he's been to four super bowls since peyton has retired or something it is just it is unbelievable at this point what do you got Diggs? carson when you came out you were obviously the clear cut clear cut no questions number one pick um i saw your brothers working with trevor lawrence who's in the same position have you heard anything from him have you met him is he is he what everyone is hyping up to be I, I believe he is, and from everything Jordan said about just his maturity level, I mean, that's the one thing. When, when you're talked about being a top-five pick, one of the first quarterbacks in the draft, you can absolutely spin it. You're a good athlete. You're a smart kid. You've won in college, uh, probably. Um, but <laughs> athletically and throwing the football-wise, you're, you're a gifted athlete. Now, all those guys that, that have all those traits don't make it. Some end up being – you know, great, great players. Some end up fizzling out. But I think the one thing that separates that group uh, or the one distinction that you can make uh, about the, the guys in that group that are labeled that kind of athletes and then they end up making a successful end of, in, uh, NFL career is maturity. If you're immature and you have issues and um, red flags that pop up in college, those things tend to carry over as you go on about your professional career. And I, I think the one thing that jumps out, aside from Trevor Lawrence's amazing college career, aside from his God-given ability, is his maturity. He understands who he is. Um, he understands how important this next phase was is and how important the last phase was to his overall development as a player, as a human being. And I think what you're going to see, whoever takes him number one, uh, you're going to see a polished, ready-to-play quarterback. You're going to see a guy that doesn't need 
a year to sit back and really develop certain skills or be become a more uh, mature individual and citizen. You're going to see a guy that's ready to play. And I think of all the important qualities, I mean, he's got all the important qualities that translate to uh, a positive, successful NFL, uh, NFL career physically. But mentally, what he's got and the maturity he has upstairs in his head is uh, what's going to propel him to a really successful career. Jordan worked with Joe last year, Trevor this year. Hey, look at the Palmer family, huh? <laughs> Crushing it over I got nothing to do with it. That's all Jordan. He, he's put together an impressive business model. And I think the important part uh, to his success is he's not just a great coach. And, Pat, you know from being around great coaches, the greatest coaches are great teachers. And being able to – you know, transfer knowledge from from yourself to another individual in a way that they can absorb that knowledge the quickest and the most efficiently is a talent and it's a gift. And Jordan absolutely has that gift. That's awesome. It's fun to watch on the internet and follow along. When I saw Trevor Lawrence out there, I was like, good for Jordan, man. Let's go. Keep it going. Uh, can you tell us about Caden Wood a little bit? I think I see some on the table over there. Yeah. Yeah. Caden Wood and Level Select CBD. Uh, it's a sports cream I've been using for the last couple of years after numerous knee surgeries and injuries and just just being banged up and getting old um i've got four young kids i love to hunt and Perfect. fish and ski and just really be outside in general uh enjoying the outdoors i'm up here in idaho and there's a lot of that and it helps me do that it, it continues um you know my uh my post-playing career and, and athletic uh you know adventures that I want to share with my kids and, and be outside and not be in pain and not be sore. And then, you know, go outside and, and, and try to fall asleep at night and not be in pain as I'm falling asleep. Level select CBD has done that for me. And right now, Pat, you can log on to level select CBD.com. Yeah. You okay. 50% off for you, Pat, Ooh, not just wow. you, but everybody. If you type in the promo code Carson, Ooh. Look at you. I see you doing it. <laughs> Level yeah. select CBD. You have great posture in your computer stance also. What's that? You have great posture in your computer stance. Thank you. I've been boxing at night. It's been, uh, it's lifted been the, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but I have been sore, so, you yeah, know. There you go. Level select CBD. And then yeah. um, whenever I sign, I say Carson. Yeah, Carson is your promo code. 50% off. 50? 50. 15? 50. Holy oh, wow. they're giving away the company. They're giving away the company. They are giving away the company. They are not going to make any money. We must take advantage of it. LevelSelectCBD.com. 50% off with the promo code Carson. Hey, we appreciate you so much, Carson. You're the best, dude. Enjoy Idaho. Thanks, Pat. I will. I mean, that's way out there. Oh, yeah. You're from Cali, right? And then mm -hmm. go to Cincy. Then you go to Arizona. Mm -hmm. Or Oakland, I'm sorry. Yeah. Then Arizona. That's right. And you go, you know what? I'm going to Idaho. It's God's country. Amen. Come visit. Hey, God bless you, pal. Carson Palmer. <laughs> yeah. I like Carson, man. Seems like a guy you just hang awesome. out with in his, in his cabin home and have a couple cocktails. He's in Idaho in a lodge. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. I think Mitt lived in Idaho, if I remember correctly. Is that one of the, like, those, uh, you know, there was a couple lakes in Montana that started to become, like, uh, if you got a lot of money you oh, go yeah, get a yeah, house yeah. on this place like wyoming right in yeah yeah mm -hmm. i've not heard that about idaho yet <laughs> so i believe chuck pagano because he was a coach at uh boise i think he's maybe from Wyoming. i forget where he's from i should know the he has a house in idaho though he got one order if he's coaching at boise Ooh. 
every once in a while get like uh, I'll talk to him or something in the off season. This has happened like three times, so it's not every once in a while. It's, <laughs> it's like very rarely it happens, and he like just sends a photo of where he's from, and Idaho is gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, it was absolutely gorgeous. Never gets talked about. Probably hate that we're talking about it right now, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Idaho's like, yeah, don't be telling anybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we can just... That's that's what happens, by the way. All those uber-rich people, they bounce oh, around yeah. to yeah, yeah. states that aren't really heard about, and then it gets like outed, and then they're off and running. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's like the Ozarks or whatever, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's how that whole show came about. Been at a couple parties, a couple of those places. What state mm-hmm. am I in? <laughs> <laughs> it's great to be here. You're drunk, Pat. I that's am, the state yeah. you're in. Yeah, that's why I was brought in. <laughs> By the way, that's the state of drunk. <laughs> so sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users users FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sportsbook going for a lot of reasons most of them what I just said uh we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel obviously you know uh there was a little bit of a miscommunication last week between myself and FanDuel we worked that out that's kind of how things operate whenever you're in a business relationship with each other but even if we weren't in a business relationship with FanDuel it'd be hard to say that we wouldn't use the FanDuel Sportsbook app there are so many different ways to win there's more things to bet on their boosts seem to always hit which is just fucking themselves over time and time again uh we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook and you will too if you haven't used it yet, use it now. Nah. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. Yeah. A man who yesterday said he thinks it's going to be heads. Ladies and gentlemen, A to the Jayhawk. Yeah! Come on. AJ, are you picking heads strictly because you knew I was going to pick tails for $30,000? I honestly did not know you were picking tails when you asked me to make a choice yesterday. <laughs> well, it's going to set up for a rather good, entertaining internet whenever this thing pops off. Mm-hmm. Because on Sunday, at the countdown to kickoff celebration super show from 4 o'clock till the coin toss on youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show and 4.30 to 6.30 on Sirius XM channel 82 Mad Dog Sports Radio. Right. We will be live for that reaction and I cannot wait for it. Let's hope the $30,000 hits on tails because we will obviously be giving that money away as soon as we get it. Yeah! yeah. And if AJ's right, nobody makes any money, nobody gets any gifts, and the stream probably ends immediately on a sad note going into Super Bowl 55. Thanks, AJ. Uh, joining us now is the A-Train, a man who is a Super Bowl champion, an all-pro, a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Ring of Honor, absolute stud of a human, Mike Alston. Yeah! Hell yeah. How's it going, bub? What's up, gentlemen? Hey, I have a question. A-Train, you and A to the J meet in the hole. Did that ever happen? AJ, I'm not 100% sure if you were in the league whenever Mike also was in the league. And is this a desired matchup if you were back in the day, prime of Mike <laughs> Allstock career, you saw that A to the J forehead and jawline and knew that it was about to be a day and his neck. Is that something you would think about? Oh. 
Is he frozen? Are you, are you, yeah, my, is that are something? You talking you, to me? Yeah. Would oh, you man. look at a neck of a man and know you were potentially in for a long ass day, <laughs> Mike Allstott? Um, it, it's all about pad level. <laughs> How low are you gonna get? You know what I mean? So, <laughs> was that your entire mission? His, is if I he, just if he, if he wants to stick his neck in there, we'll. I don't. We'll have a good. We'll have a good battle. For <laughs> <laughs> the record, I am not sticking my neck in there. That's what another like. Oklahoma how annoying drill? was it? I guess when people are going low on you all the time, because I know if I see you squared up in a hole, I can't imagine anyone wants to to stay up with you. Like, was that tough trying to protect your knees and ankles and everything? But just because you're such a big bruiser, it, it, it was. I mean, there were there were situations, but um, I think you know, I think my type of style of running i did get uh very low my pad level was down there so i think i uh attacked it a little bit uh sooner than if they were getting at my uh knees or ankles they were pretty much uh you know in, in, in the turf um <laughs> uh, and so but and if they uh if they did go low low i was just gonna make sure that they got a knee or or some type of guy in, in, in the head you got to punish them. Uh, you got to remind them, hey, let's not do this all, all game, okay? I got knees for everybody out here. I can hand out knees to everybody if they want to go low. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team that you're in the ring of honor for. A man, when you think of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you think of you running people over in that number 40. I mean, it was awesome. But now it sounds like Tom's going to potentially play for another 10 years maybe. It feels like that roster, as long as Tom's going to be there, it's going to be good. It has to be a good time to be a member of the Buccaneers organization, I'd assume. Yeah, no, it's just it's crazy just having that at, at 43 years old. Uh, he, uh, I think we just it, something came out. He wants to play past 45, right? And uh, it's it's unbelievable how he keeps uh, his body and maintaining his body and everything he has with with the game. And you know, I, I was telling somebody the other day, uh, would you play that long? I, I would play forever. I would have played forever. And like, why'd you retire? I'm like. Well, they, the doctor came in and told me I couldn't play no more. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, so you know, I, I totally in this corner, and I would play forever, and he's playing forever, and he's playing at a high level. And look at him. He's, uh, he's taking the Bucks to the Super Bowl. What kind of impact do you think a guy like him, even though it is a weird COVID year and he can't interact like they normally do, but like, how much just confidence and juice does it give the rest of the team when you have Tom Brady coming in and, and first year taking you to the Super Bowl? immediate immediate you know it's just immediate effect um his locker room presence his, his demeanor about him his work ethic everything you that we read we hear about um he's doing and uh he does it from day one and uh he doesn't uh um how should i say he he, he expects excellence from the get-go there's no day off and and that's why he's been in either an AFC championship game or a Super Bowl, um, you know, majority of his career. So it, it's it's we didn't expect nothing, anything less. You know, all the fans, the city, you know, we expected to be at this at this stage right now, this time of year in the Super Bowl. And uh, and, and Tom would have thought it had been a letdown if he wasn't in the Super Bowl. That's how he thinks. That's how Gronk thinks. That's how all the other guys are believed throughout the season when you have a guy like that in your locker room. So it's just, uh, it's contagious, the culture. And, um, it's kind of like how we felt when, and when I was playing with the Bucks, we had, a, we had that tight core. Uh, we had that locker room. It, it was, uh, it was unbelievable. And people ask me, what do I miss about football? 
well, there's no question I missed between the lines and playing on Sunday, but it was the grind behind the scenes with my guys and the failures and the successes and, and the journey that took us to where we had to be uh, when we did win in uh, 2002, 03 Super Bowl. So it's just, uh, you know, from the get-go, immediate presence of, of, of culture change. I feel bad for people that don't get to experience a great team. You know, some people come into the NFL and they don't have that that feeling that you just had and the one I'd assume Aaron had there for a bit. I got a chance to experience the tail end of one with Peyton's group and then the Andrew Luck one there early. Uh, it was It's cool to see that, you know, because a lot of teams you see them get splintered. It feels like the good teams are the ones that can stick around, stick together. Um, pivoting back to something you said earlier, you said you would – you would have played forever if you if you could have. Let's say you were still playing right now. Your game with this NFL, you'd be better than it was back in the day? Do you think you'd be a better – your stats and everything would be better than it was back in the day? How do you think your, your play would have adjusted for today's NFL? I don't think my style – has any room to uh, adjust, right? <laughs> Four three, um, you know what I mean. So, you know, I just when my time's called, it's just like I when I play, you know, uh, goal line, short yardage, uh, you know, uh, four minute, you know, run the clock out, you know, big plays, big situations, catching the ball in a flat, doing doing whatever that was asked. But uh, you know, you'll see teams nowadays they're they're pounding the ball downhill in doing a thing. I mean, we have that great one-two punch with our backs at the Buccaneers. They're they're going straight downhill. They're, I mean, and we have a good balance attack when it comes to, you know, Tom and his passing game and, and the running game. Playoff Lenny's awesome. Go ahead, I'm sorry. You broke up there. Oh, no, it's okay. Go ahead. AJ. He was talking about playoff Lenny, Leonard Fournette, how, how well this guy's like another dimension he has brought to this team. He catches the ball out of the backfield like you did a lot too. But I'm curious in your transition you had from – Tony Dungy to John Gruden, the big blockbuster move. Gruden comes in. Like, how different was their approaches? Uh, their approaches night and day. <laughs> I mean, it's but again, their philosophies in a lot of ways from uh, their excellence and what they expected um, out of your play um, and how you, they expected you to be a professional um, each and every day. Uh, it, it hasn't changed, but I think we, um, with D- Coach Dungy, um, I was his first draft pick in, in 96, and then we already had uh, Sapp and Brooks and all the other guys there in Lynch, and, and uh, you know, we didn't have to be told a lot. We were all passionate about the game. We wanted to be excellent. We wanted to be great, and uh, when you have a great leader like that that tells you one or two times, we are all coachable, and if you have coachable guys that – that buy into a culture um, and in a way of doing it. We just needed a little bit of guidance. We were all uh, immature, young little bucks, but we bucks. gradually um, learned through our, like I said earlier, through our failures. And um, and then we got to stand on that stage at the end of the day. Uh, and and John was a big part of you know that offensive side that to get us over the hump there in O two and bringing some key guys in and and. A really dynamic offense and in utilizing my skills, Pittman's skills. You know, we had Keyshawn, JJ, Jer, uh, Joe Jerevicious, Keenan McCardo, Ken Diller. So we had a plethora of uh, a lot of skill, you know, in our offense. And uh, we just needed, uh, you know, a little spark. And, and that's what we did. 
I mean, people forget that we were averaging uh, with our great defense uh, over 28 points a game. So um, we had it going on, going into the playoffs, kind of like what the Buccaneers got going on right now. How do you see this game going? I assume that you're pulling for Tampa, but how does Tampa Bay win this game, you think, against the Chiefs? How, how do they get the dub on Sunday, you think? I feel um, who makes the least amount of mistakes. Um, and, you know, between that turnover ratio and uh, third down uh, conversion. And I, I really feel comfortable with our defense and, and what they showed against the Saints and uh, on the road and, and Green Bay on the road. They came up big. Tom threw some big interceptions, uh, you know, costly interceptions, you know, in, uh, in the NFC Championship game. But our defense, uh, you know, held uh, – uh, Rogers, you know, in in situations where he didn't score any points. So I really feel that our, that our, the confidence level for our defense right now is is riding high, and, and they're believing in each other. And then you have the talent that Tom Brady and Ed offense has um, is is unbelievable. And don't get me wrong, you know, so does Kansas City. Um, but I think it's going to be who makes a fewer mistakes, and uh, and I feel that you know time of possession. If we can keep the ball in our hands and pound the rock a little bit um, and, and keep Mahomes off the, off the field. It, it's going to be, it's going to be great. I can't thank you enough for joining us, man. It's a great Friday. Looking at all the balls. No, it's in the, always great. It, hey, it is. I really appreciate you joining us. Good luck to your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Where will you be watching the game at? Uh, on my couch. Nice. <laughs> Hell yeah. A lot of water. I assume you have a couple of waters, maybe some wings. What are we doing for the, for the game? Uh, Clear stuff. Clear stuff. Yes. <laughs> hey, good luck out there, HN. We appreciate you. Mike Allstock. Yeah. Yeah. That guy would have ran your ass over. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree 100%. He's bigger than me, stronger than me, probably faster than me. Yeah. I, I'm going well, but I'm going to eat a couple knees to the back. Of the <laughs> Just the thought, though, of you. That that potentially does have to happen uh -huh. in, in AJ's <laughs> career. Like, my career does not have that. AJ's career has, all right, there's a chance that during this season I'm going to have to stand there and a guy like Mike Allstott and I are just going to run our faces into each other for 60 minutes, basically, because that was their offense, by the way, just giving him the ball. That is incredible to think about. Was there anybody that you had to do that to that was an absolute nightmare? Yeah, there's a lot of guys, a lot of fullbacks uh, around that used to to be tough in the NFC North to take on. But, yeah, I mean, I played against Adrian Peterson for eight years in a row, whatever he was there when I was, <laughs> twice a year. Guy's an absolute monster. Always had good physical fullbacks in front of him as well. So Marshawn Lynch, any of those guys. There's so many big, strong, powerful dudes that you have to realize, like, all right, man, we better rally to the ball today. We're not bringing this guy down with just one. Hey. Gonna need some backup, all right? <laughs> yeah. You are too, though, by the way, and I'm gonna come get you. That's an interesting thing. Mike Allstott's a legend. Mm -hmm. The best. It really is. If you would have played one more year, he would have, he would have played uh, AJ. Really? Yeah, 2008, they played each other. Well, AJ would have been dancing on his grave, too, at the end of his career. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. AJ was just a young buck. <laughs> Retire him. You know what I mean? He's just a young buck out there. Only player in the I league mean, with shoulder pads as big as AJ's. Was... <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> Only player in the league with shoulder pads as big as yours. My high school pads. He was wearing, like, my high school pads, yeah. <laughs> I would have played football forever, he said. He hurt his neck, right? He had a neck injury that forced him to retire. Is that what it was? Makes sense. Yeah. 
That neck roll didn't work then, right? No. Yeah, no what are we doing? It. What is the roll in there? Did you ever? Have, you never had the neck roll, huh? Uh, when I was like, I wore a cowboy collar early on in college. Oh, I took yes. it off, I think, after my sophomore year. How did you stop doing that? Because I think once you put that on, that's hard to come back from, right? Normally, you see somebody do that, and it's like, well, that's that person now. They are going <laughs> to wear that forever. Yeah, I don't know. I was kind of weird when I first took it off, but I, I realized like it doesn't do anything to help your neck or your traps. Or anything. <laughs> like it doesn't do anything for what? that. So I don't know. I, it felt much much better when i took it off i i realized like wow how in the hell did i ever wear that thing so you're telling me all the people that wear it is just for show it doesn't do anything i thought you, it saved necks i mean it, it can i guess it does but if your head is straight down which would happen every once in a while when i was playing whoa that neck roll is not doing anything for that oh you're talking about when you were leading with the crown of your helmet mm -hmm. or if i was getting like you know someone was trying to crack block me at the last second i saw him and kind of lowered my head to into their, their head like things like that that's where the neck roll is not going to help how many concussions do you think you have had though like i feel like we're at a point now where we can talk about this you know early in the, you said zero you know that whole thing how many do you think just i honestly don't i think zero i really do but i'm just saying after talking to all there you know and realizing that you potentially had to run into guys like that on a very regular basis there wasn't even a single thought of you like a, a little bit oh i remember that one time where you know there's a little bit of a dinger up there. Yeah. You're not a single. I, I, you're not a single one, huh? Not like that. No, nothing. Nothing bad. I did. I did realize though, as I got older, I felt like like I remember I got to Cincinnati, our first OTA. They ran like a screen, and I took. I think I've told us like I I took on this guard there, Zeitler, who's an absolute monster, robot, just so strong. And we're not wearing pads, just helmets. And I was like, I thought I broke my neck in the first play. I was like, I don't know if I can play football. And like. I mean, I'm getting hurt in OTAs, and I, I kept going, never told anybody about it. It was fine, but it, like, it shook me for a second. I'm like, if this is what it feels like in OTAs, what's it feel like when we put pads on? <laughs> I'm happy to hear, though, that you guys that just beat the shit out of your bodies do have those conversations of like, because that's why you hear a lot of guys right before training camp retire, you know, because they had all off season. And then they're thinking about what's about to come. Yeah. It's like, what's about to come? Well, not only am I going to have to wake up early and do football all day, every day, where I've just been to learn a system I probably already know inside and out. And we have to do this because we got to build team chemistry. And I just was on a beach a week ago. But also, I got to go. I got to go bang heads with somebody. And I've already made a lot of money. So yeah. I've already made a lot of money. And now I got to go bang my head off of somebody. So Vante? Those practices. No, that was halftime. Oh, that was halftime. It's a young man's game. <laughs> the, those practices, those are a lot of hits, too, that are, go unaccounted for. I would say you got to be thinking about how many concussions you've had at, at some point in your life. I mean, I, yeah, I've obviously thought about, like, your future brain health. We never know. None of us know what we're going to what's going to eventually happen with this, I guess, but I don't, I don't sit there and worry about it, you know, daily. Oh, fucking Mickey Mouse internet. We talked to Sean McDermott in the middle of a, a goddamn blizzard over there in Buffalo. Yeah. Okay. No problem at all with the connection. Palmer's in Idaho. Mike Allstott down there in Tampa. Yeah. Is it the internet? Or are we sure it's not a symptom of AJ's repeated bashing of his brain into another human being? True. Today? That might be like, this is your brain, <laughs> actually, it mm -hmm. might be saying. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> error. Yeah. Can't thank you enough uh, for choosing to listen to this show. A lot of options out there. How about, by the way, a lot of guests today. We appreciate yeah, you for listening. Sean McDermott, what a convo. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, all the guests were great, but I mean... That he, there was no way he was supposed to stay on that long. No, probably not. 
Very thankful he did, though. Uh, just like I'm thankful for all the boys in here for all their time. All of you for listening. I know there's a plenty of other options for you to, you know, listen to and allow be a part of your life. The fact that you allow us to be one of them, we are very, very grateful. Have an incredible Super Bowl weekend. We'll see you on Sunday. We're giving away a bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. Oculuses. Yep. Some cash, some merch. Cash, merch, chairs. Yep. I mean, we're giving Sweet away a bunch of chairs. stuff. It's a celebration. You know what I mean? It is. Um, we'll see you then. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into Super Bowl weekend. Cheers. Overreaction Monday. Be a friend. Tell a friend.